0: Hello, I see you. I recognize you. I acknowledge your existence. Let's talk, get to know who each other really are. All of this is said with the simple act of a handshake between two people. It's not any different between a client connecting with a server. It all relies on that first handshake and naturally grows from there. For most people, me. I can't seem to learn the rules.
1: Welcome back to the Coffee Clats crew, Mr. Robot episode review. I'm Jason Pistorino.
2: I'm Christina Lomangino.
1: And I'm Ryan Gemmel.
2: And today we're reviewing episode 7, Handshake, that's 2.5 in robot language. Written and directed by Sam Esmail again this episode. It got a 9.7 on IMDb. And the numbers say episode five was at a .71 million viewers. Episode six went down again to a .57.
1: I really think it's a result of it being on a Wednesday at ten o'clock.
3: Yeah, well, it was on a Wednesday at ten o'clock last year too, though.
1: That's true. I Fuck. mean,
3: there has been a lot of other stuff on though. Um, like someone pointed out, it was the it could be the DNC and the RNC, and then we have the Olympics.
2: The now. Olympics, yeah, because. So. <laughs> there's seemingly random fluctuations so I feel like that has to be part of it
1: maybe was it during the summer last year Mm -hmm. it was okay so that's not an excuse I actually before we move on I saw on reddit they had a disclaimer uh not mr. robot but um fans had a disclaimer just a reminder to all please watch the series live on cable if you can Many people don't really look into the numbers aspect of the show until it's too late. Mr. Robot's live ratings keep decreasing. Last episode's viewing rating is half of what the average of what the whole first season was. We all love the show, and to keep it alive, it needs support, not just watching it on streaming site or even watching it on Amazon, but watching it live where the viewing counts. And the always ongoing surprise of there being uh, nitty little commercials and such that are Mr. Robot related. These nominations that the show is receiving cannot be enough for the show numbers as low as they are in a way of providing numbers. So Even for USA? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it's down. But the good news is it has, it has been released that they've been uh, okayed or greenlit for season three.
2: Renewed. Nice. Yeah. Yes. So they're doing enough, apparently. I mean, that's kind of a desperate message they're sending to their viewers, but they're doing enough right that they'll be back.
1: Oh, yeah. They're doing everything right. Not Not everything. No, Uh, you shut up.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think this is going to be a controversial season as far as how people view it. Yeah. It feels very up and down to me. So some of the big questions we're going to review and go over in our episode today are, is Tyrell dead or alive Hmm. in reality? Who is Ray really? Now that we've learned more about his character and backstory, what do we feel about him? And what do we make of the big reveal at the end? Where Elliot actually is, does it all add up now in hindsight?
1: Real quick, something about the name. You know how they always name it with 2.7, handshake, with the file extension .sme Mm -hmm. in this one. .sme is a proprietary binary format used by Samsung Keys to save archives of short text SMS messages and memos to .sme files on a computer. Messages from an .sme archive can be viewed in Samsung keys, as well as imported back into a Samsung mobile device supported by the keys application.
2: Yeah, it's smart encryptor archives. So the software is open source and free and designed to encrypt files sent by email. Hmm. Also, we have a couple notes on our music for this episode. Two songs that were listed. One is Garbage Man by The Cramps. This was playing as Angie notices the trash piling up on the streets while she's riding in the taxi. Mm -hmm. And the reporter's also discussing the ongoing problem. So, again, they're being a little clever with the title of the song. I like it. And later, Play the Game by Jack Nietzsche. This plays after the therapy session with Krista when Elliot finally reveals his true surroundings to us. Before we get into our synopsis, we just wanna give a couple of quick notes. We will get further into our Clatcher comments at the end of the episode as we normally do, but just a few responses to some feedback that we got. One of our listeners, Randy, wrote in to correct us on our mistake from episode six. We where,
4: never make mistakes.
2: <laughs> where we referred to the actor portraying Ray as Craig Ferguson mm-hmm. instead of Craig Robinson. Robinson,
4: <laughs> Which Robinson. is his actual Robinson. name.
2: So the first time we said this, maybe episode five, we actually yeah. did say Robinson, but the mm-hmm. last time we got off on a sidetrack and yeah. we made a mistake.
1: This one actually hurts because when we did bring up Craig Robinson originally like you said, episode five or so, mm-hmm. we took a lot of care in to finding out his background. We already knew most of his background, but mm-hmm. double-checking, and then even, like, I put in a little Don't Touch My Car right. skit. Yep. Don't touch my car. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about how much we like the dude, mm-hmm. and we're saying his name wrong. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I think it's just sometimes when you get in the rhythm of a podcast, I mean, we have it in our notes, his his name, Craig Robinson. You just you kind of go off and... It sounded right. It had the same cadence that we just went with it. We're going to make mistakes in this podcast, but making a name mistake really hurts. Other mistakes? I think it helped. It helped.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that's the thing. We're people. There's a lot of details that go into the Mr. Robot episode reviews. It feels different than some of the other feedback shows that we do because there's so much to look into. There's Mm -hmm. so many details. And a lot of times we just kind of...
3: Flub it up. (laughs) (laughs)
2: But we want to thank Randy for pointing that out to us. And she also said, I love both Craig's and your podcast, too. 100% better than After Buzz. So hope you Coffee Clatch crew will be doing more shows featuring various programs in the future. So thank you very much, despite our mistake, for continuing to support us. And we hope we can bring you those things as well.
1: Yes. And on the note of more shows, Mm -hmm. this is just a teaser. Uh, It'll be real quick. We're going to do an extra episode on our podcast, where we're going to give you guys a list of four or five shows that are coming up on TV or on Netflix, and we're going to let you choose what we are going to do our review on. This way, you guys have the the seat, you're in control, and uh, you keep enjoying being a clatcher. What if we don't like those shows? Well, that's why we have a list of five, <laughs> so we know we'll like all yeah, five. Yeah, he
2: put one on there that I don't like, but yeah. I guess I'll have to live Ugh. with it if that's what you guys want. That's terrible. <laughs> Okay, one more correction that we got from a listener. From Shirley, she says she appreciates the in-depth synopsis of Mr. Robot. There were two things that she wanted to point out. In episode five, we referred to White Rose's dresses as kimonos, which is incorrect. So kimonos are a traditional Japanese garment. And what we are looking at here is a Chinese dress. So this would be called something called a... Kipao, I think is how you pronounce it. Now I'm going to get in trouble for pronouncing <laughs> that incorrectly, but Way I don't know how to say that. I will admit it right off the bat. They are not interchangeable terms. So I was doing my online research. It said kimono. I did not investigate further. I apologize for that.
1: So in the future, kimono is a no-no. Okay. Mm. Just what if it <laughs> actually is a kimono? No-no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a no-no.
2: Never. <laughs> um, also, we were talking about Cisco's Mandarin accent. And we were saying that it sounded good to us. And, in fact, people that are familiar with this language are saying that his accent was actually laughable. She says that it seems to have been translated straight from Google. Mm. And it really wasn't that good. So I guess we should have been more specific. What we were referring to was actually just the cadence of how he was speaking. Mm -hmm. And that I got from somebody who is familiar with the language and was just talking specifically about the cadence itself and I really should have questioned her a little bit more on okay well what about the language was it actually translated right. correctly into the right terms was the accent correct and it seems that it maybe was not so I'd like to hear some more feedback maybe from other people to get a feel for you know what was off about that but we didn't mean any offense by that we weren't pretending to know the language no. we really do not so thank you for the correction. So we are a growing podcast, good, bad, or indifferent. We really do appreciate your feedback, and we'll take it into consideration. Please keep writing in. One final note before we get into today's episode. We had a write-in from Cal saying that he thinks our team is misreading the FBI agent's pickup. Mm. So the scene from last episode, the female agent goes into the restroom and only washes her hand. As she leaves, she passes Agent Thomas and makes eye contact. Thomas then walks over to the bathroom to wait for Angie. Oh. When she is leaving, he's talking to the other agents, which is how Dom knows Angie was on the floor and in the bathroom she was being watched. He wasn't really hitting on her. He was just fishing for info.
4: Hmm.
2: So I completely missed the beginning part of this right. scene, which is, I guess, why I had been reading it incorrectly the entire time.
3: Oh, that's very interesting. I mean, I remember the girl coming in on the bath, and going to the bathroom yeah. and washing her hands, but... Uh I didn't think about that. I did see him talking with Dom before that, but I just thought it was.
2: Yeah, but I missed the female FBI agent going in there, so that makes a lot more sense now. That's a good mm-hmm. catch.
1: I thought it was a cleaner, someone like a you know custodian. Ah. Yeah, I
3: didn't. I wasn't sure if it was an agent or not. I just remember there being a person.
2: He also says, "Remember, they <laughs> found out just a few days prior that Seal Mountain was actually ha- hacked via a thermostat in a bathroom." and I didn't even think about that. Of course they're going to be on alert for suspicious activities surrounding mm. things in a bathroom. Right. The team should have thought about this.
1: Yeah. yeah well, there are well a lot they of don't know. They could have done. <laughs> Plus, I don't think the team knows that they found it.
2: Maybe not, but they should have taken precaution for that. There's a lot of things start to finish that we're seeing, I think Darlene as the leader mm-hmm. of the F society group is not really covering all her bases and mm-hmm. going into detail. She's yeah. um, Perhaps, maybe a little emotion driven in how she runs this Shoots team. Shoots from the
1: hip, yeah. That just shows you that without uh, Elliot or Mr. Robot in the the major seat, things, you know, they're not thought through as well. Yeah, she's not as much of a leader right. as Elliot is. Right. <laughs>
2: and Women I think that's going get... to
1: Can't be leaders. <laughs> I'm going to talk right over you on that one. Just kidding. Just kidding. Don't write oh, to Trump. us. Don't write to
2: us. <laughs> Yeah, I think this is going to get them in real trouble eventually, though.
1: Oh, yeah, it's going to come back to bite them.
2: All right, so getting into our synopsis for this episode, we have 22 scenes to review. There was quite a lot going on. It starts out with Joanna at home. There is both a past and a present clip here. It's hard to tell when they first open up, but we find out eventually that we're looking at the past. When Joanna opens a gift, she puts on earrings that are from Tyrell, and Tyrell himself comes downstairs. They're both dressed very nicely. They go to a dinner where they meet Scott and Sharon Knowles. And they talk about Tyrell being a rising star.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, they talk about something else in that scene that I thought was more important Mm -hmm. to him being a rising star. And it's the fact that she comments on the earrings. She says, oh, Tyrell's always getting me little gifts like this. Yeah. All season long, she's been getting little gifts Mm -hmm. in the mail and in different, different ways. And even in the scene just after this. She gets a little gift, it's unwrapped, and it's a picture of a sonogram of a baby. Someone else brought up that it could be the sonogram of her first child that she gave up. I think it works better in it being a little gift from Tyrell again. Mm
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and clears up some things for me, too, because I was thinking these gifts could have been sent from somebody trying to mess mess with with her or coming from a different angle. And as long as they knew minimal information about Mm -hmm. her, somebody like Elliot, let's say, they would be able to do that. But I don't think they would have access to her sonogram. So it seems pretty clear now that it's from him.
3: Right. Which is interesting because later on we find out something about Tyrell.
2: Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. So, yes, we see a present scene as well where Joanna is walking outside with her baby in the carriage. And a woman comes up to her and throws something red all over her. Maybe fake blood, maybe paint. You can't really tell.
3: It looked like a paint can when she's walking by. Yeah, but...
2: But she screams capitalist pig right. at her. So it's yeah. been suggested maybe this was pig's blood.
1: Oh, well, you know, a few years back, I say a few, they've been escaping me now. Maybe it's like 10 or 15 years. Remember there was this whole thing whenever people wore, in real life, we're talking RL right now. Fur. Um, fur. People would splash red paint on the fur. Mm-hmm. So that's, I, that's what made me think it was paint. Right. right away,
2: It looked really red in color, too, yeah. to be blood.
3: Yeah, Yeah, it was very red. Oh, also at the store I went to, there were actual capitalist pigs, piggy banks there that you could run really? on. Yeah, when I went to the Mr. Robot store.
2: Well, this scene culminates with Joanna engaging in a silent scream as the Mr. Robot logo comes up.
3: Her mouth is gigantic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: thought, I gotta, I gotta say, and I know I always bring this up, but this will be my thing, I guess, is that I'm always thinking about the artistic side of the shows. And again, I got to tell you, Sam Esmail, it was very artsy the way Mm -hmm. he did it. The screaming. Any other show would be like, we need to hear the screaming, the loud scream. He mutes that so that we are concentrated just on the face. And then he throws the Mr. Robot sign right over it, which actually, to me, made me concentrate even more on the face. Right. And you see her. She's got half of her face is red red lipstick mm-hmm. and her mouth just opens up and you can see the the energy and the emotion in her scream there. Mm-hmm. And then they show you a top view and the, there's paint on the baby stroller. Right.
2: And there's something reminiscent of old school horror movies in that type of a oh, scene yeah. there too. Mm-hmm. And he harkens back to that quite a bit in a few of these episodes. The next scene, we go to the basement with Elliot He says, I see you, I recognize you, I acknowledge your existence. Let's get to know each other better. All of this is said in a simple handshake between two people. That is, for most people, I can't seem to learn the rules. He's lying on the ground in this scene, talking to Mr. Robot almost tenderly. In a way, feels like he's thanking him again. He says, you protected me. I've never seen that before. He's kind of trying to figure out what this is about because at the same time, he did try to hide the truth about Tyrell. Mm -hmm. Elliot says, he was in the trunk, but you wouldn't admit that. I just want to know what happened and accept what I did. So he's admitting and understanding that these actions were actually him, but he can't get a handle on it. He wants Mr. Robot to tell him about it. And Mr. Robot asks him the last thing he remembers to which Elliot responds, the popcorn.
3: Right. Well, he also talks about the handshake being a handshake between... What is it, two programs or a client and a server go through the network that they need authentication between each other? So he's talking about the dual meeting between handshakes. But um,
2: That's a good point because we forgot to bring up an origin of the title, that this mm -hmm. establishes a mode of communication between a computer and a server, creating an automatic connection. So it's a great metaphor with the tech notes.
3: Right. I I mean, even last week, I think I said that I thought it was going to be a handshake between Mr. Robot and Elliot
1: and their, Mm -hmm. you know,
3: coming together.
1: That particular scene, I thought it was great in the fact that Elliot was asking the questions that we were asking mm-hmm. and and we were getting the answers that we want, kind of he's so lost sometimes that he is wondering the same things that we're wondering. he sometimes is on that same journey as us, right.
2: Yeah, not being able to see the whole reality. I was a little nervous when the scene first started out because the way he was laying on the ground with Mr. Robot sitting there with him, it felt like defenseless, helpless child with all-powerful parent who was going to come and help and take care of him. And I was thinking to myself are we seeing a regression now backwards? I was Mm -hmm. so hopeful in previous episodes that they were coming together, but this almost felt like, I need you, Mr. Robot. Please take care of me and protect me from all these scary things that are happening. And I thought he might slide all the way backward into needing him to just block out all these terrible things for him. But in the very next breath, he starts talking about, I'm ready to accept that I want to know what I did. And that was the huge key that we were looking for as a sign that Elliot was trying to reintegrate this part right. into his personality. So I think we really are opening up the lines of communication and making that finally happen.
3: Yes. I agree with that, That about being worried that he's gonna be like that, because just in the scene before that in last week, he embraces Mr. Robot, and even Mr. Robot is surprised by this. You could think from that scene, like him thanking him and embracing him, that he really, you get that s- more of a sense than you did here, that he needs Mr. Robot Mm. and I kind of think with that that he can Mr. Robot could take advantage of that need at the same time Sure. I don't know about you guys but when I first watched this scene I forgot that Elliot experienced the whole 90s show thing Like, it seemed like a different episode. It was really funny (laughs) to see, like, oh, yeah, that did actually happen to Elliot. He does know, like, what was happening there and is bringing it up. And what the hell was that about?
2: (laughs) It was almost like a dream for all of us, viewers, characters within this world. Yeah, now we cut over quickly away from these interactions to see Angie in her office. She's at her cubicle talking to Darlene on the phone. So we're picking up right where we left off with her. She tells her to hold because Dom is standing there. Mm -hmm. And Dom introduces herself and asks why Angie was on the floor, on the Fed floor. She knows it wasn't just a mistake that she wound up there. Angie responds like we hoped she would, if not as well as we hoped she would, to say Mm -hmm. that it was to make plans with Thomas. Clearly, Dom doesn't believe this. She talks about how Angie's story fascinates her. The fact that she left all safe a week before that ended and wound up at E Corp. She's fishing for more information, and when she's not getting it, she says she wants Angie to drop by later so she can get a statement from her. She ends it by saying, whatever this is, it's not you.
1: It was right on. This woman, Dom knows her shit. Hey, let me ask you guys, is there, in storylines, you know, you have the antagonist, the anti-hero. Is there a name for a character that is the good guy, but within the storyline, you don't like them and you don't want them to succeed? Is there a name for that?
2: I, I feel like that's that's kind of like the anti-hero in some senses, but a little mm-hmm. bit different. I, I mean, viewers, if you know if there's a separate terminology for that. Michelle, if you're listening, <laughs> please call us or text us and let us know what that is. But yeah, I get, I get the same feeling about a lot of these characters, actually. Theoretically, Angie is supposed to be working on the side of F Society and helping them, and yet... I don't like her this entire time. Mm. I'm suspicious of her motives. Yeah. Dom is supposed to be on the side of good for the FBI, right. and yet I get so nervous every time she comes around. I want her to just go away. I don't really want her to succeed.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: It's a very strange feeling of I don't know who I'm supposed to be rooting for.
1: It's funny. It's, it goes along the lines of we can't trust ourselves because you can't trust the emotions that you're having because you're like wait a minute i'm supposed to like the good guy and now i don't
3: but no that happens in a lot of shows you usually take the side of the protagonist even reading game of thrones sometimes you'll get caught up in a character that you hate
1: yes and then like when you're
3: reading their chapter you kind of see it from their point of view and you kind of want good things for them still and you're like wait a minute I fucking hate Cersei. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: I think that's the hallmark of a great writer like R.R. Martin. He can make characters so gray for us. And S.Mail does a great job with that in Mr. Robot as well. But also, just going back to, we have such an unreliable narrator, we're never mm-hmm. seeing the whole story. So it's hard to get a feel for character motivations, I think. So Dom is on to Angie. Angie is not playing this off very well. We knew that was the case. This is not going to end with this scene, although the actual ending is going back to Darlene and Angie's conversation. Darlene tells her to enter the final command. They get the connection working. and Darlene says, we just own the FBI. Boy, does she have it wrong. <laughs>
3: yeah. Mm. Well, they did get in enough to cover some of their tracks from that, I would think that they're inside E-Corp also. If they can get into the security, and this is E-Corp security, right? Although we haven't seen that scene yet.
2: Yeah, yeah. We're, I think they're going to get into that a little bit more in just a few scenes. But right. But they don't, I don't know if they 100% tell us that. You would think that right. they would have access to that now. But it seems like Angie later is going to have to do more to get whatever it is she wants out of it. For now, we go back to the basement scene with Elliot and he questions Mr. Robot, I did it, didn't I?
0: I did it, didn't I? It was either us or him. How did I do it? Elliot. That guy was batshit. He was
1: raving about killing some woman. The wonder of it all. I mean, we were gonna be next.
0: How did I do it? After I ran the scripts. He went off on us being gods. That's where Darlene said she hit that gun. I mean, I didn't want to, but
2: I shot him. Mr. Robot knows what he's talking about and he says it was either us or him. So Elliot just wants to know how. At this point he's accepted that he's killed Tyrell. He wants to know what happened. This still doesn't feel 100% real yeah Mm -hmm. the way they're talking about it you get this sense that perhaps it's not the truth of tyrell being dead robot says that he was acting crazy raving about killing some woman and the wonder of it all so Mm -hmm. we're clearly going Mm -hmm. back to that scene where tyrell had strangled scott knowles wife and he says we were going to be next so Mm -hmm. basically it was self-protection they had to do this He also says, after I ran the scripts, you went off on us being gods. So he does go back to the moment that they executed. It was, in fact, Mr. Robot running these commands, making it happen in the moment. And he says, I didn't want to, but I shot him. And he remembers Darlene talking about the gun and the popcorn. And Elliot says, no, I shot him. So it really seems like he's admitting it. He's flat out saying it there. Why are we still getting this feeling like it didn't happen?
1: I think that Mr. Robot is still protecting him somehow. Mm. There's still something there that we don't know and that Elliot doesn't know. I'm still firm that Tyrell is still alive. Going back to the fact that you were talking about the the presence that his wife is still getting or receiving. Mm -hmm. I don't think Mr. Robot or Elliot know about that. Unless it's, uh, what's his name, the head of E Corp. Price? price yeah fucking with her but i don't think so yeah he was he would be the only one or whoever was in that dinner that she was like he often gives me presents like this in right. the beginning
2: yeah
3: or what's his name the other uh the cto the right new cto whose wife was killed yeah maybe he's Scott antagonizing knows. her in some way
1: yeah I, I can't put this puzzle together something tells me tyrell is still alive actually i think that that
3: could be a thing because he's distraught over his wife being gone and oh maybe he's that putting is the acting blame on her. Tunes. he yeah. showed
2: up at Joanna's house, totally right. unexpected. A couple Wasn't of no, episodes ago. No, I thought
3: that, that was she was at his house. She was at his. Yeah, she went came to his house. Oh, was she? To yeah. talk about his pension oh. or whatever.
2: Oh well, yeah. Okay, the so. Severance. But we saw their interaction, and he was really starting to lose it, and threatening her, and right. outright saying he knows who was responsible for his wife's death. So. There's definitely more going on to that story. And also, Mr. Robot says, I shot him. He doesn't say, I killed him.
3: Exactly. True. So
2: that's kind of mincing words, but I feel like he's just giving Elliot an answer right now because he knows to Elliot needs him. an answer. Yes. He's right. been really badgering him for that for a few episodes now.
3: With the I shot him and also uh, with we're gods, mm-hmm. I could very easily see, like, I shot you. You're bleeding. You're not a fucking god. Okay. Mm-hmm. So just to get Put him, him right in his place. right right mind, and then like there's still shit to do. Don't get it full of yourself, okay? Right. We still have more work to do, and, and then he sends him off on whatever wherever he is right now. Yeah,
2: well, we also believe or we know at this point. I forget that it was Tyrell who did that next video.
1: Yes, we do know uh-huh. that. As
2: the F Society video they with the mask him. on? Yeah. Right. So maybe he was like stepping out of line by doing that. And Mr. Robot hadn't planned that video to happen. And he was trying to get control of him or something. He said mm-hmm. he was raving. He was acting crazy that night. I feel like he was doing something that they didn't want him to do. I'd like to see.
1: Yeah. I'd like to see that scene again. See maybe if he has a wound. I think that, somewhere. Oh, on in that scene? Yeah. Maybe hmm. he was already shot, you know? Oh, I think I it might think... have
2: happened after that. Oh, okay. Like he couldn't get a handle on him.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Um, There's also other people are thinking different things. A lot of people think he's still alive, and some who don't think that um, Elliot is taking on Tyrell's identity. For example, on Twitter, Nutella Queen Mm -hmm. wrote, I have a theory that Elliot is Tyrell. I've been wrong before, and I might be this time, but I am rolling with it. A lot
2: of people have been saying that for a long time now, and I don't see how in the hell they put those pieces together.
1: No. They're saying like Elliot wasn't talking to anyone on the phone when right. he was talking to uh Tyrell. I could see that. That's fine.
3: He could not be talking to someone, but I can't see them being the same person. People Elliot was walking through the company, no one recognized him as Tyrell.
2: Right. He was working at E Corp.
3: Right. And <laughs> the the guy that's that Joanna's paying off that she killed, she's like, We're just we're doing this to protect some scrawny kid in a hoodie. Mm-hmm. I mean was, do you, does he think that's Tyrell? He's not a scrawny did kid. Did she
2: forget that it was her husband? I mean, no, but
3: I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't be that. It would, Yeah, I mean, it's got to be this. It can't, yeah, it has to be this.
2: The, from the other side, that doesn't make know. sense. Now, I know some yeah. people are saying it from the point of Tyrell's death. So if he did, in fact, die, not that Elliot has always been him, but he's absorbed that as another persona inside himself. So when his father died, he took that on as part of his new persona, and might be doing the same thing with Tyrell. Right. That's more believable because okay. we know they were separate entities up until the point of losing track of him.
3: I feel like we the day of spoke the execution to that um, last season at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. I know that was. A, I feel like that was a thought I had, but
2: yes, absorbing know, him into his his persona, which so yeah, that's more likely. But that is. A, saying that he's getting worse and taking on more personalities now, right. which, if anything, we're seeing him getting better and in integrating those. And right. B, saying that Tyrell is, in fact, dead, which we are not sure of. Right. I think I'm a no on that one.
1: I don't think he's dead. <laughs> if you look back at the flashback, besides the final part where when Elliot, well, think about it this way Elliot kept saying, Who's in the trunk? Who's in the trunk? Right. Mm-hmm. That's him saying, what happened to Tyrell? What happened to Tyrell? Right. Yeah. Now, Tyrell was alive in the trunk, but he was being controlled by Mr. Robot, mm-hmm. meaning he was tied up and in the trunk. Right. Then finally, when he just had enough of Elliot saying, who's in the trunk? What's going on? He kills him.
2: Right. Well, did he?
1: He hits him and he gets he blood He hit, hit him all with
2: the him. tire iron. We saw blood go everywhere. Essentially, we saw Elliot think Mr. Well, that's Robot I, killed him, but right. he just shut him up and closed the trunk again.
1: Well, what I meant was metaphorically killed him. So in this case, he told him, we shot him, mm-hmm. meaning he's dead. So metaphorically, in his mind, to, to rest Elliot's, who is this? What happened to Tyrell? He said, right. I he killed him. He gives him an
2: answer. And in actuality, maybe we saw what happened. You know, it cuts away. Elliot doesn't really know, but what he did was inflict damage and shut him up without actually mm-hmm. killing him. So in reality, he shot him, stopped him from doing what he was doing, but didn't actually kill him.
4: But right. I would
3: think there would be a lot of traces there of blood and stuff like that. They only found the shell, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. that's a good point. hmm
3: So that would have been a hard cleanup. Although they did talk about cleaning up after his mess,
2: uh-huh. uh, F Society did, mm.
3: but I think they were just talking about deconstructing computers and stuff. Yeah.
2: Or maybe he shot the gun off and didn't actually shoot him to right. scare him or something. Anyway, that's an open theory. Send us your thoughts about that. What do you think is going on with Tyrell? Now we see a brief scene of Joanna and her new boy toy, Derek, sleeping together. He's choking her. She's being weird again. He wants her to come to his 30th birthday party with his friends, where she will be his girlfriend, Mm -hmm. quote unquote. I mean, they're really just showing his age that she's dating a child here. And he gives her an ultimatum. If she doesn't come, they're finished.
3: I would have a problem with it too. If you're seeing this girl and you love her at this point and you don't want to introduce her to people in your life, if she doesn't want to come around for it, it would be upsetting.
2: Understandably so, but she's at such a different level than him. She is so past being somebody's girlfriend and being an introduced at a party. She's dealing with these major schemes and plotting and raising a child and potentially getting divorced. We'll see later from a husband. I just don't really understand where this is going with this relationship. With I have.
3: A small theory but it's it goes more along the lines of the next scene with them okay so I'll talk about it okay then but I could from her point of view also the not wanting to show up in places is she showed us shows up on newspapers and this week so she doesn't want to go out that much and I she also said that she was being followed or someone said she was being followed Mm -hmm. by the FBI and they're surveilling her
1: so You know, she's got to be kind of careful.
2: There's a lot of factors in this that he can't possibly understand what's going on.
1: If we break it down and we don't see the whole big picture, because we're seeing everything that's happening Mr. Robot, so this seems so insignificant, Mm -hmm. and this guy's an idiot. But to him, he loves her, and they have this deep relationship where they have probably the most incredible sex this dude's ever had. Mm -hmm. And uh, this deep relationship, and he wants to open it up to his friends and everything. I had a relationship in college with a girl who was uh, was older than me as well. And we had a deep relationship. And oftentimes when we were around her friends, she treated me like just like another boy, another oh. dude friend. And she would not talk to them as if she would introduce me as this is my, this is Jason. Oh. And she wouldn't say my friend, but it was right. in the in the words. And that did hurt. When you're in that kind of, in that small world, that means a lot. Right. And that does have a big impact on that type of, that life.
2: Yeah, okay. But they love each other. I mean, how long could this possibly have been going on? How long could they have possibly been in a relationship together that seems to revolve primarily around kinky sex? I mean, right. I just feel like he's coming from kind of an immature place, and she has been through so much that I don't see... I, feel like it's so clear that she's just using this relationship as an escape right now.
3: It's only been it happened on 5-9 right? May May 9th? Mm -hmm. I believe so yes. And now it's the 4th of July. Yeah. So it's only been a little bit more than a month. (laughs) Even if they were sleeping
2: together, that's what I mean. I feel like he's a young kid who's like, oh, my goodness, I'm so in love with you. I totally understand your point, Jason. If this had been going on for a long time and he's like genuinely, he probably does genuinely think he loves her and has feelings for her. He's
3: having great sex. Yeah. Although he doesn't seem so into it. He seems a little like it's too much for him.
1: Maybe he likes
3: that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, she probably scares him a little bit, I would imagine. I think she liked that Tyrell was sort of on her level with all that crazy shit, and she's looking for a Tyrell replacement Mm -hmm. to some extent.
1: She's got a huge mouth. (laughs) I was thinking the same thing.
2: (laughs) Okay, so let's go over to the next scene with Dom in her office, where she's asking this guy to pull up the footage from two hours ago and then last week and look at the cameras, and basically there's no data, as she thought there would not be. She says to call the network team because they've been hacked and to check Angela Moss's computer. You won't find anything, but check anyway. She knows that they have been hacked. She Mm -hmm. knows what happens here.
1: Is this the scene when we see Angela walking out of V Corp?
3: No. With the big screen? This is, yeah, the, well, you mean Dom. Oh, that was Dom. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, with the but, still on your side thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's at the end of the scene. Yep.
3: So it's not, I mean, it's in the security uh, department of E Corp. They're talking to security right now. It's in that office.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: So... I thought that was pretty cool. On this screen, it said E-Corp, still on your side, Mm -hmm. instead of just on your side. For some reason, when I first saw this scene,
3: it it gave me a very uh, 1984 Apple commercial for the Macintosh feel where they had this huge screen in the background and all these people lined up in their cubicles on the sides and they're all like drones for this big company, making sure that it keeps moving forward. Mm. That was my first thought for it.
2: Well, they're trying to assuage the public image, right? They know that everybody's scared and everybody's questioning. They're putting out this propaganda. And also, we're getting that point again that Dom is very smart. She saw all of this coming. And we'll see what her plan is, I guess, if there is, in fact, no trail that leads to Angela. She hasn't given up on this. So now we go to a scene of Angie in a taxi where we find out many private businesses cannot afford waste management removal right now get a little news report on that and angie is also looking out the window and just seeing garbage piling up in the streets Mm -hmm. people burning it four (laughs) dollars i like that we're getting the after effects we said we're not seeing enough of what's happening to society and how this would actually work the reality of life when you're faced with these type of problems little things like that that you just don't think about that can become a major crisis yeah we also see that she asks if the taxi accepts eCoin. You know, there's that thing there, mm-hmm. and yep. we're told about how you can go about doing this. You can just download the eCoin app, and your payments will be automatically withdrawn from the eCoin wallet after you scan it.
1: Yeah, that was like a news reporter. Yeah. But slash ad, mm-hmm. it felt like. Yep. That's
3: how taxis are in the city. <laughs> True. lots of stuff like that.
1: I like how they did this with the eCoin. It wasn't just... The like the next episode, mm-hmm. it was all about ecoin. They've they they sent hints like the little sign, ecoin accepted here. Now it's like this could resolve everything. How about this, guys? This was supposed to bring ecorp down. This whole mm-hmm. hack, yeah. but in essence, it's bringing ecorp more to the forefront of power. Ecoin. Um, later on, we'll talk about um, the emergency e emergency kit. Yeah, it feels like it's. It's making them needed even more. Right. So now they have it's more power to, to do more. Yeah,
2: and I think the people behind this, you know, they probably meant for that to happen, White not rose. to actually take E Corp down, but to take the people inside of it, the existing structures, the way things work. Mm -hmm. Down and build Mm -hmm. it back up in their image with them behind that. We talked about that on a former podcast. And we kind of saw that coming with the Bitcoin thing, although the way they are approaching it and giving that information to us is still very interesting and new. Like you say, it's not just exposition. We're learning about that in a real sort of way, Uh, though I do wish we would get more exposure to that, and hopefully we will before the end of the season.
1: Yeah, you know what would be cool if they had on the Mr. Robot website if they had just clips of the way people just different characters not even elliot and the f society crew and like their their life and what they're going through right now Mm -hmm. like little mini episodes yeah that would be cool that would be awesome i'd like to see that
2: or just one or two random people that they flash to Mm -hmm. for a scene in the episode that are not major characters but like you said we'll get Gradual over time looks at what's happening with the average Joe, right? I guess.
1: Well, I was thinking like one episode would be a family and what, how they're dealing with it, mm-hmm. and another episode would be someone that was going to college and had a dream, yeah, and, like sure. how they're de- you know what I mean, like they can not get be, their loan anymore, like, yeah, 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 like, like that, that exactly. woman that
2: we saw at the bank trying to pay off her mm-hmm. mortgage, right. right? Like it's a little bit more of that.
1: These would be great mini episodes. I know Sam listens, so. You know, that might be your next project if you want. If you need our help, let us know. Contact at (laughs) (laughs) CoffeeClatchCrew.com. You know, I was also thinking, why aren't we hearing more about from the president? And I think it was very smart for Sam Esmail to put that one scene of the president in there because that satisfies that taste Mm -hmm. in our mouth. That's
2: a good point, though, because... I didn't think about that until this episode, and I almost feel like it was not smart. By putting that in there, it brought it to the forefront of my mind that, geez, this is really unrealistic that we haven't seen how the government would be responding to this Mm -hmm. on a bigger level, and surely if it's creating this much of a problem, there would be so much.
1: Right. But we have little sprinkles in the government. But but like
2: you said, no... um, public announcements from the president no he said
3: one thing the president was in one the one it was the one scene early on the His
1: first episode maybe or yeah or second or third yeah. some one of those
2: yeah you think that's enough though
1: i think it is because we're we already have so much going on
2: okay. and he's
1: trying to tell so much of this story he doesn't want to get into yeah that and it's not part. that as as important you know mm-hmm It's basically up to the banks right now, which is E-Corp, the major. Well,
2: yeah, and we know that in this reality, that's not really the person in power. You know, I think that's the message also that he's sending, that that's sort of irrelevant. But I guess maybe I would just like to see a little more of the inner struggle they're going through. Well, our next scene takes us to a city street where Darlene tells Angie she wasn't the target. Mm Mm-hmm. Angie says they always thought they were smarter than her. She's talking about Elliot and Darlene here, and this was a really interesting moment to me. She says they always made her watch this shitty, scary movie every Mm -hmm. Halloween. We know the one she's referring to. Angie had forgotten and didn't place the masks at first. Mm -hmm. So she didn't put two and two together of why they were using this for the message for F Society that it did go back to the masks in The Careful Massacre. She then says, you guys would dot, dot, dot. We never hear the end of that sentence. Mm. So Elliot and Darlene would put on the masks and then they would what? This feels like something huge that Angie's been wanting Mm -hmm. to get off her chest. Some weird spark that happened when they were younger and we don't get to find out what that is. I don't even have an inkling.
3: I thought she just said that you guys would and then there's a space to always make me watch that show. I didn't catch that. No, guess. no, so that's when she walks that's what, away. That's
2: That was the end of the scene when she says you would and she stops and they oh, linger okay. on her wanting to say something and then they end the scene.
3: Hmm. I didn't catch that.
2: So I'm really interested about that. But
3: I mean, I didn't think that Angie knew about F Society and then in that scene, like uh, earlier, I didn't think that Angie knew that they were in F society. And then in the scene when Darlene shows up in Angie's uh, apartment, I thought then maybe that Angie did know that they were in F society. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of screwed up with the reveal of Cisco, where I was kind of off with that, my interpretation of that scene. Yeah where Angie's putting everything together in that scene last week where she's like, oh, my God, these guys are F Society. If this led to this, led to this, led to this. I thought she already knew.
2: I was a little muddled, too, I and I was wondering. They were they were being a little strange with the time frame, but I think that she did know about F Society pretty early on, maybe not from the very start of it, but at least from the time when Elliot stood up for her in that scene at All Safe and mm-hmm. this all kicked off. What I don't think she knew was about the Dark Army's involvement and Cisco and how that played in necessarily. No,
3: I don't think she knows about Dark Army at all. Well, right. L- so but, like, how right would now, she make still. the
2: Cisco tie other than the because, fact that it's Darlene's?
3: Because Darlene's there with her hacker group friends, and then Cisco shows up, and Cisco's the one, and then she starts this conversation off with like, "Oh, um, I'm sorry, like you weren't the target." Cisco was just... And then she's like... Then she goes into the explanation explanation about them watching the video and seeing the mask. And this is her being like, that's when I realized that you guys are F Society.
2: I didn't read it that way. I read it as that's when I realized that... Cisco was a part of it and mm. everything was linked and they were behind even going back to the CD and it was a whole lot bigger than she thought but I, yeah, it is a little gray still what that time frame is
3: When Darlene and Angie speak in her room she they talk about the CD starting the biggest tech but they don't allude to it being them. She just says that Elliot saved him uh, saved them from her being putting the CD in mm-hmm. I didn't think that. I think that what they were saying last week and the way that they paused it and had that long scene, I think Sam was being like, Angie's putting it together right now, or that's how it was supposed to be, but because I already felt, or I think a lot of people felt like she already knew that it threw that scene off. I I feel like there was a miscommunication Yeah, I think she
2: knew some stuff, but not everything. Right. And it was all just starting to slot together, and I think the big... Revelation for her in that moment was supposed to be that Darlene set her up. No, okay. It wasn't the full measure of F Society. It was the fact that Darlene basically put her in a position where they were going to have Angie by the balls now and Mm -hmm. be able to get her to do what they wanted her to do. And being a friend to Darlene for so long being close to her this is a big betrayal and hmm. seeing all of that connect for the first time i think really pissed her off plus all the revelations we talked about with Cisco and what that could mean right um so i guess it's a matter of how long Angie's been putting the pieces together and how smart you really think she is I uh, don't because know she
3: seems like an idiot later on i know that's <laughs> what i was going to say she
2: seemed so smart throughout the seasons thus far and then certain things that they have her doing with her character Mm -hmm. feel a little bit off to me, but we'll get to that. Our next scene, we go to Ray's office, where Ray asks Elliot if he's had enough time down there to get his head right, (laughs) and to do what needs to be done. Elliot agrees, and Ray says he's gonna stay here until he finishes, then he'll crawl back to his hole until they're sure the site is purring like a kitten.
0: You're going to sit your ass right here until you do what you got to do. Once the sight's up, you're going to crawl back into your hole until we're sure this baby's purring like a kitten.
2: tells him it's going to take a few hours, and Ray leaves. At this point, Mr. Robot appears to warn, once he gets what he wants, we don't hear the end of that, but Elliot pipes up to say he needs them now, so that makes us safe. Mm -hmm. But it instills that sense of real danger for them, and what Mm -hmm. is going to happen once they complete this task for Ray.
3: I definitely think that he's saying, he's going to kill you after this. Once he gets what he wants, that's it for you. I mean, they leave it hanging like that, but
2: It's definitely robots theory. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: Now we go to the smart house where the F Society team is. Darlene meets up with them. Really, it's just a quick blip where Darlene is leaning over Mobley's screen and says, And this is happening tomorrow. Whatever they're planning, we don't know at that point.
1: Okay, question. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, How are they still in that house?
3: Yeah, it's been a Mm. long fucking time. I've been thinking about that too. (laughs) Every time they show that house, I'm like, Why are they still there?
2: And they said right off the bat they weren't going to be able to be there that long.
3: But we find out later on that Susan's not around. Right. So I don't know where...
2: They must be keeping tabs on on her and knowing that she's not. Because when they first broke into the house, they said there was a very limited time frame. And then they'd have to move on.
3: Yeah. Um, I thought this scene was kind of unnecessary. Yeah. Overall. I guess it was just some face time for Mobley and... Oh, uh, the other girl, whose name, I can't remember.
2: And bringing up the idea of Susan again a few times, maybe.
3: Right, that they were in the 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 house still. But um, yeah, I feel like they could have used this time for something
4: else.
2: There's a couple of those kind of quick scenes in these episodes that have, say, 22 scenes that mm-hmm. I feel are extraneous or could be combined together. They don't need to be broken up the way they are. And it does just contribute to that overwhelming feeling, that episode-length feeling So I realized that in watching this episode, it wasn't really that much longer than the one before, but it felt like it, because it was 22 scenes versus 14 scenes. I see. So I think for me, that's playing a big part of it, and I really don't like it
3: when they do that. (laughs) Yeah, well, you're taking a lot of notes, notes, so...
2: Yeah, but it's not just that. It's the feeling very scattered and all over the place. Like, even when the Elliot scenes are broken up, the ones we were just talking about in the basement into two parts, Mm -hmm. there's no need for that. There's nothing they leave you on a cliffhanger for. There's no reason to not put them together.
3: I just want to string it out just a little, little bit longer that, you know, you waiting for the Tyrell answer that you've been trying to get all season long.
2: I guess so. Well, now we go back to our buddy Derek's room where he says he should have known meeting someone at a stuck up e corp party would be bad news. He's not feeling good about this. She tries to reassure him what you want, I want too. And she says she was busy meeting with her lawyer all day to do this. And this is when she hands him the paper and we see it's a summons for divorce.
1: I don't understand
2: what her is whole going story on line. with this. Yeah.
3: So here's what. I got out of this, I didn't know he worked for E-Corp before. I didn't know that they met at E-Corp party. Oh, I didn't yeah, know that either. Yeah, I didn't either. know that either. But it, Right. I so mean. if there's if she's using him as some kind of connection still to E-Corp, that's why she's keeping him
1: I thought he was a DJ. Around.
3: Uh, yeah, I think so. It's, yeah, you're right. Just to get know, news maybe about it? Was it? There. I don't know. Or like to hack in or to his email. If she's update. part of... I don't know. That's, that's my... Yeah, you're right, though. I forgot about the DJ thing. Yeah. But that was my whole thing. Like, I didn't know it was an E-Corp party, and that's oh, why. Oh, maybe he
1: was the DJ at
2: the I
3: party. I think he was right. just right. there. Yeah,
2: yeah, I don't think he works at e This dude doesn't seem like the type.
3: Yeah.
2: I don't know.
1: Maybe he was just he like, What's up,
2: E-Corpians? Ow, 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 ow,
1: enjoy <laughs> the party! And she was like, I like him. <laughs> Sorry. I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think
3: that's why. But maybe she's in. he's in IT or something, or some lower-level, like... I don't know. Maybe he's a male level guy or something. I don't know. Just some access. And that was the only thing I was thinking.
2: I'm getting a little tired of Derek. I got to be honest with you guys. I hope this wraps up soon. I like Joanna. Not into Derek.
1: Yeah. I don't like, I don't know the storyline. I have no clue what's going on. Well,
2: nobody does, but the summons for divorce thing is big. There's got to be a reason why she's doing this. I don't think she's done with Tyrell by any stretch of the imagination. So she has plans.
1: Does she not get the, uh, It's what is it called, Skype and stipend, the, 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 the money? Yeah, that's got to have right? something to do with I it. Don't think so. I think she would still she get it, She would still it, get right? it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, they don't or know. Why he's, he's dead. dead.
2: Why does she have to summons for a divorce if he's dead? Right. In her mind, he's not.
1: Oh, shit, you're right.
2: He's definitely not. And I think it definitely plays in somehow to that severance package.
1: Hmm. I
2: mean, they get divorced, she gets half of what he's got unequivocally, right? So does she get her portion now without having to go through all of this nonsense?
1: Good Mm -hmm. question.
2: Okay, now we go to the really big scene in Ray's office. Ray's talking about how the site has more traffic than ever. The Bitcoin intake has doubled since they've been up. They do recognize that it's 200000 they could have made while it was down. Nonetheless, Ray kicks the henchman out of the room when Elliot asks for a chess game. He agrees to it. And Ray starts talking to him. He says, When we first met, I thought I was helping you. I was going to be your savior. And he starts to tell him about his wife, that she was so smart, and like Elliot, she was good with computers. That's what she did for a living, and she came up with an idea for a site one day. He says, I don't think she ever meant for it to go where it went. She just wanted to make some extra scratch, but it grew so fast that it took on a life of its own. Gave you the type of money that makes you question right and wrong. So eventually they made a deal. They would let the market dictate what was sold on the site, and they just wouldn't look at it. But she was better at the denial than he was. He feared the worst, yet still he never looked until Elliot came along. So this is a really big deal. This is the first time he ever actually looked at it, according to him. And he says after he found out, when he did what he did to RT and to Elliot, he says it was weak. Mm -hmm. I should have taken a fucking stand. You are my answer. He's getting choked up here. So thank you. (sighs) My goodness, man. Powerful. I mean, we get his entire backstory here. Right. We know why he started up the site, how it happened the connection to his wife that's gone why that's so emotional and being brought up in that scene do you buy that he never looked at it before
1: I want to yeah I want
3: to in this scene but why does he have to go to the extreme of having henchmen guys (laughs) beating up guys I mean I guess we find out later why he needs you know some muscle Mm -hmm. in order to get people to do what he
1: wants Mm -hmm. well Uh, he knows it's bad Right. He but knows he can whatever stay in is, denial if he doesn't right. know the specifics of and how bad it is. That,
2: see, I do believe it. It seems very unrealistic, but I do believe it. Because I've been struggling all season long with feeling like there's this aspect of him that's good... And I even talked about it in an episode where I think he's not a sociopath and somehow he's managed to compartmentalize his yes. business and whatever he has to do and just put it to the side of that's my business and this is my regular life. And I really did have the feeling early on that he was trying to help Elliot. So I think that all makes total sense now. Yeah, he could compartmentalize it because he really didn't know what was going on. And it was still this connection to his wife in some weird way now that she's dead, even if it was a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It was making him the money that he needed to make, which it sounds like it was exploding as more and more time went on. And if he's being honest, he really did start out by wanting to help Elliot and thinking that this would be really good. So... I think that answers a lot and puts a lot of pieces together for us about Ray.
1: I echo your sentiments completely. Mm. I was going to say pretty much verbatim the same thing. I've wanted to like him the whole time.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, You he said
1: was. you would like him too
3: much in the beginning.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and uh, he was helping Elliot, and he did say what you were saying. He was like, thank you. I thought I was here to help you. And then also we were seeing many episodes ago that he still has dinner With that machine on, and he Mm -hmm. speaks to his wife. So we know that he has trouble with letting go with that part of his life. Yeah. His wife. And also, that part of his life runs parallel with this website. Mm. And then put on top of that, the amount of money he was making off of it. So it makes sense. Like, I can put myself in his frame of mind. And you know what? I'd kill you guys. But you don't think there's any sentiment
3: because this is the site that she set up? And that's, that's what I mean. He wouldn't want to kill it, right? That too, yeah. yeah. yeah that and t- the money.
2: Yeah, that's like I said, it's his connection to mm-hmm. her. Um, Whether it's good or bad, what's happening on there, and that's why he'd rather not know, it's his right. link still. And he needs to keep that alive, I think.
0: Way back when, when I said it was about stumbling, I was wrong. I should
3: have taken a understand
0: you are my answer it's not the other way around so thank you
4: much time do I have
0: come on man we both knew exactly what you were gonna do when I let you go back on that computer with their response time I would guess they have us surrounded by now
3: better get out
0: before they get up here then world champion chess master emmanuel Lasker once said when you see a good move look for a better one
2: so i think it makes total sense he says that he should have done something when it came to elliot i think he's showing that he really did care for him this wasn't just an act And then finally, he says, we both knew what you were going to do when I let you back on the computer. And here's where we find out that he must really feel bad about it because he's essentially turning himself in. He allowed Elliot back on there knowing he was going to do this. Mm -hmm. And that he was going to get caught for it. And he was ready to surrender to that. So Elliot says he thinks they already have them surrounded, meaning the police. They're probably on their way in right now, and Ray tells Elliot to get out before they get up there. Elliot finishes by saying, when you see a good move, look for a better one.
3: Him knocking the king over thing was a little corny. But a little uh, too much? Yeah, you know, it well, a little I too it. much. But, um, I mean, Craig Ferguson was just so <laughs> yeah. good. Oh, nice.
2: We know, folks. <laughs> Craig Robinson. And... This is why they picked this actor, yeah. right? Yes. Because there are so many layers, so many confusions about what we were feeling for him. But even when he was trying to act so bad and tough, we were like, but I still like this yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. And you were supposed to. He right. played that perfectly right. He acted it very well.
1: Mm-hmm. Question. Ray didn't know what was on his website until Elliot looked at it. Mm-hmm. Did Elliot leave the tabs open? Did he de- he didn't delete his history? This is Elliot. He knows what the fuck's going on. Uh, yeah. No, I, I don't know
3: exactly how he found out that he actually saw the site. Was it his henchman?
2: I think his henchman must have told him that Elliot was up to no good that mm-hmm. day that he was in there with the former tech guy and they had to check what he was mm-hmm. doing, if he was fucking up the site for them and that meant going on there.
3: Right. they had. I guess they had to look to see what he had seen. And yeah. Did he screw it girl. all up? Yeah. Did he
2: shut it down?
1: Second question. I'm jumping a little bit. I'm not going to do- go too deep into it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: His henchmen, are they guards? I'm not I sure. I was going
2: to ask this, too. What does that make Ray? Because we've been saying we think he's some type of... Counselor, wherever he is at the halfway house, we find out where he is later. So, is he a counselor there? Is that still true? I think he's the warden.
3: The warden, either that or uh, just a like a senior guard.
1: You know, I didn't think guard because he had his own office and computer. He had his
2: own office. Now, it. I guess we're still in the dream sequence, or dream Hmm. sequence. I say. I say this meaning. Um, Elliot's skewed reality that we're still seeing because, in the next moment, when Elliot walks out, the police tell him to wait there, he's outside, and we get this view of what looks like Ray's house/slash office. So, I guess we're just still not seeing reality, and this is his office wherever it's at in the prison. I don't, it was a little bit weird to me. Or has he been somehow, he can't be taking. No, Elliot he's not going outside off of the prison, off no, campus. No. So it has to be somewhere there, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think he had him in some dank, scary-ass basement area, or he had him in an uh, in the isolation hole? cell. Yeah. Um, Or it's like, you know, sometimes they can take you to this separate maximum security area, which is really freaking scary. So mm-hmm. something like that was going on.
3: I think they put him in the hole, you know? They could talk about it and it's just like... Yes. A, like a bathroom-sized room, and there's
1: nothing in there. Yeah, like isolation. If you guys ever look at those scenes again, look at Elliot's face when he's outside, Mm -hmm. uh, visually outside of Ray's house or apartment. We know he's in in the jail. Mm -hmm. But uh, look at his face. That's the first time he actually looks scary.
2: Elliot. Yeah. You know, it brought me back to that moment where he was at the coffee shop turning that guy in mm-hmm. because it's that moment for him of he's used his power to for do good. what he wants to do with it right right which is for good um i Elliot's forgot about
3: that well not that i forgot about it. last episode i was thinking about good guy elliot and that i had forgotten about him
2: mm. crusader yeah really the robin Hood vigilante hacking <laughs> yeah that's him in this moment and he tells us about it When I completed the migration, I took it upon myself to open the site to more than tour traffic. Mm -hmm. So I indexed it on search engines, added a touch of advertising, basically made it accessible to any average scumbag. And it didn't take long after I emailed the FBI an anonymous tip for this to happen. So I think it was part of him doing that that led Ray to have to go back on there Mm -hmm. somehow when he opened that site up shit started to go wrong and they had to get on to fix it but this was also what led the fbi with this anonymous tip to get on to them and basically just opened everything up
3: i think he just did that though Ray. i don't think that was a like he had been doing i think no, he no, just he opened just he just opened it up yeah. and sent that out so he, he wouldn't the migration
2: I think, completed the migration i thought yeah. he did that when he was
3: it was just before they played chess okay because he was gonna go they were gonna they had him there to finish his shit and that was it and then they were gonna send him back and then they played the chess game and elliot did it to buy time and i think ray knew yes uh, also he, he said in the beginning he's like How much i time knew when i let left? you on you on when i let you Again. on the computer yeah that he was oh gonna... yeah
2: but i thought the completing of the migration took place sooner he was mm. finishing it here in the yeah scene? he was
3: finishing it.
1: Okay. yeah remember when they yelled at him like they were like uh right when it's back up they're like we've tripled yeah. what we normally make. Right. Imagine how much money we would have made if yeah, it wasn't down. Yeah, we lost 200000 yeah. 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 If people are wondering, sorry, Chris, if people are wondering how Elliot has done this, how can he just take this hidden site and make it unhidden? One thing to keep in mind is he emailed the FBI, made them aware, because it still would have been relatively hidden for a while until yeah. the spiders kept going through the website. Mm-hmm. But also, too, if you guys look at the Tor website, and when you're about to download it, it's going to warn you. It's going to give you these bullet points and says, just so you guys know, uh, there's a few things you have to be aware of. If you put any uh, extensions, like browser extensions on here, uh, it may stop you from being able to be hidden because mm. they don't have control. So if you get put browser extensions. Also, um, there's like three other things. I don't remember specifically, but they told you t- to be aware of. Hmm. And... Another thing was, even though if, someone, if you're afraid someone's watching your web traffic, you have to download this other thing to make it where they don't know you're using Tor because they won't be able to see where you're going, but they'll see that you're using Tor. Right. So th- it's, not, it's not like this magical place. You still have to be very careful, mm-hmm. and things can still penetrate this browser. Right. Just well, like any kind gonna of external
3: code for for new ways around
1: stuff. Of course. You know? Yeah, and the the le- the least control that Tor has, you know, the more likely that they'll be penetrated. Mm-hmm. External, you know, uh, browser extensions, and then also putting ad words uh, or Google ads in there. Mm-hmm. You're just putting Google code right in there, and right. then also putting yourself into the the search engines. You're saying, "Here we are, find us." So if you were wondering, that's it. That's the long-winded reason.
2: We get a quick commercial here, an eCorp messaging app commercial. And this is going to talk about that new app that lets you text with characters from the show. We'll get into that a little bit more later. Then we go to the scene at the White House, where the E-House corporate bailout vote is taking place. So, Ryan, what do you have on that?
3: If it's for approving the eCorp bailout. And... Uh, the yeas are at 118 and the nays are at 189. So mm. it seems like they're not going to approve a bailout for E Corp.
2: And there was a timestamp on it too, right?
3: 358.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's cool. 344.
3: So, but with the scene, I was mostly distracted by the special balls? effects. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't see the balls falling I through. I didn't see the balls falling through. I didn't know. I just saw the, like, the top of the screen, whatever the debris was, and I was like, that looks fake.
2: (laughs) And then
3: uh, then I didn't see what he was looking at down there. I was just trying to figure out what was going on. It did look a little odd.
2: It actually kind of looked like a piggy bank for a second, and I was thinking, oh, that's cool, if they actually (laughs) dropped that down there. But then, of course, when Jason said, no, this is the bull, the bull's balls, you know, so it made total sense. Now there's new reporting on the mystery of the Wall Street bull, and it was solved when it crashed through the house's skylight.
3: And that's what they were doing with that huge drone in the, yeah. in the scene before, <laughs> I guess. Although I, I don't know if you can fly. Was. I'm pretty sure you can't fly a drone over.
1: No, you can't. It's that, a no fly zone. Yeah, I don't yeah. know
3: how they pull that off. I don't know what would off. happen if they would try to.
1: Yeah, how shoot did they get down the balls up there? Anything? Well, a they must have
2: used you it. Know how,
1: no, you know how heavy the... Oh, that big drone. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was it was huge. huge, yes, was huge, drone. But you're, right, you're
2: going to yeah. see that. So yeah. there must have been more. I hope we learn later what was involved in getting that done. But it seems like it was maybe a small sidebar. Right. Then we get a scene at a store that looks like it could be a Walmart, a Best Buy, some type I of... I got
1: Best Buy. I thought
3: Walmart, just because of the signs on the oh. everyday deals or whatever. Well, maybe because yeah, blue like
1: is Walmart, too, right? That yeah. same blue, just like Best Buy.
3: You're right. Yeah, when you look at the, yeah, it says everyday deals. Okay. And so I think that's uh Well,
2: and Walmart it seems like thing. they had a lot of everything, yeah. too, right? And they have these kits that are called e-kits, and they're just flying off the shelf, according mm-hmm. to this guy, which, who is this guy? Is it Angie's father? It is. Yes. Okay, we find that out definitively?
4: Yes. Because mm-hmm. they
3: show it in the, always really important to watch the previously on Mr. Robot, Mm because they basically give away everything that's (laughs) going to happen or everything, all the background that you needed to know. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely him.
2: Do we know his name?
3: Mm, I don't remember.
2: Okay. So we'll just call him Angie's father for now. Mm -hmm. Angie says she can settle the lawsuit if he drops the independent inspections. He's not for this. He tells her to stay out of it. The, The lawyers will settle it. She tells him the company might not be around long enough to see the end of a trial, so he might not want to do that. But he tells her he doesn't want what happened to her mother to happen again. She says to drop the contingency and you'll get your money. The inspections will go forward internally, and she says this will happen because they value me there at E Corp. But he tells her he doesn't trust them or her. And it's not just his vote anyway. She needs two-thirds. This is when we find out she already got the signatures. Mm -hmm. That's the trick of money, so she says. And he wants to know what's in it for her. Why did she come here if she doesn't give a shit about his opinion? And that's really the question that I took out of that scene as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, she says very rudely this was just a courtesy. But what do you guys think?
3: Yeah, I mean, she seems heartless in this scene. Yeah. She doesn't give a shit about what he thinks. She's just letting him know. And I don't know what her end game is with this persona. I mean, it's not just how she acts at work or involved there. She's bringing this into a personal life.
2: Yeah, and a situation that was supposed to have so much personal meaning for her. Isn't this why she did all of this? To get back at what happened to her mother and to stop these sorts of takeovers from happening to people and now this is how she's dealing with her father i had to think she went there looking for some sort of personal resolution and she turns into that cold as ice thing again now i don't know if she's just frustrated in the moment Mm -hmm. or if what we thought is true and that she's no longer able to separate that sort of becoming part of who she is now
1: yeah i feel like she's dead inside just like elliot now it's it's a it's a big juxtaposition between the way she was in season one and now. She's kind of got that low murmur feel right now mm-hmm. that Elliot has, except for she's got the Mr. Robot inside her, too, you know, uh, where she's got conviction and there's like pizzazz to what she's trying to do, but it's on that low murmur.
3: She's got to keep reminding herself of it with her tapes and stuff. Yeah. Though, and her hair is. Pulled back so tight.
2: <laughs> and she was wearing black and white in the scene where she talked to Mr. Price, mm. which I thought represented that duality, perhaps in the struggle, really well. We actually got a comment written into us from Alice who says, I've heard you guys talk about the duality of each of the characters, such as White Rose being trans but having to keep it hidden. I think there's another theme tangential to this. I have observed that most, if not all, of the characters have counterpart examples such as Darlene and Angela, White Rose and Price, Tyrell and Joanna. Sometimes I think Elliot's counterpart is Robot, but other times I think it's Dom. What do you guys think? Hmm, so I think that plays into what we're talking about here, um, the idea of counterparts to characters, and she puts Darlene and Angie together in that.
3: I always thought in the very first episode of the series uh, that it was going to be Robot and Tyrell. Mm. because I thought they were going to be rivals. Yeah. And he represents all this money and the 1% and Elliot's on the lower level.
4: So,
2: Yeah, and we talked about all of the differences between when we first started off this show, Angie seeming to be on the side of good, working for All Save, constantly dressed in white, this mm-hmm. very innocent girl and in Darlene, dressed in black, working for this secret hacker society. But it's gotten so flip-flopped around now to where we feel the complete opposite about what's occurring. And it's... It's very interesting how they're changing that all.
3: Yeah. The other thing I thought was interesting about this scene was the e-kits.
2: Yeah.
3: What is that? It's, well, I I got a close-up on it, kind of, but half the words are still blurred out. But basically, I think it's just their survival kit, and it has all different types of product in it. I just think, think it's funny because E-Corp, even though there's this crisis going on, they're still making money. They're still putting products Everything. out there.
2: Exactly. Well, you yeah. make more money off a crisis than anything else, right? right?
3: So this is really hasn't really hurt them. They're just pivoting exactly
1: off of this. It's called E-Kit 5-9 Emergency Kit. I don't know what the 5-9 it's means. It's for the 5-9.
2: About the hack. Event.
1: Oh, wow. So they're even just putting it out there? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that's become a common turn of phrase now.
3: Is there something like a dust material, chemical toilet, gas and water, dynamo?
4: Jeez,
2: I, I, I don't know. So, end the of the world prepping? I thought it was, yeah. Wow, see, I thought it was some type of technological protection, like no. an anti hacker thing, but they're actually looking at this as the, doomsday. Yeah, the
3: end of society.
2: Wow. Well, I
3: mean, they are you know, we don't have sanitation really anymore.
2: Yeah, so. well that shows you the level we've cranked up to now where we said we wanted to see what's happening in society.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there are plenty of people whose jobs that are really important. Did you guys watch Preacher, right? Oh yeah, I did. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. I wish we did a podcast about that. That, that was great nice. too. <laughs> you know, that guy at the end of the the final episode, he doesn't he has a heart attack or something and he can't keep all that methane in check, those levels, and then The shit just blows up. So, I mean, those are people that have to be on their call all the time. And when if you're losing resources, some of these jobs are going to go out. you got to expect that more things are going to break down if they don't have money.
2: Yes. And we get a really good example of that in our next scene where we go to the basketball court. And Leon is talking about half of the people love you. Half of them want to kill you. And sure enough, just then, a bunch of guys come up and tell Leon to leave. And he (laughs) won't. They start talking about Ray's site. They want their money back. They had 800 bitcoins in their wallet. And now they have no access. And they can't make new sales because the site is down. So it's all on Elliot. They want to be paid back. And later, if we look into this a little bit more, at some point during the episode, there's a computer screen. In the background, it tells us it's mid-July 2015. Mm -hmm. So we sort of get a timestamp on when all this is happening. And if you go back to that... This would value 800 bitcoins at about $200,000.
1: Yeah. That's not pennies.
3: It's not a small amount of money. Yeah.
2: It was hard to put it into perspective. You don't know what that equates to in real money. This guy is pissed because he lost a lot.
1: That's a shit ton of money. Yeah.
2: But it cuts from that scene. So I guess we'll get back to that in a minute.
1: Real, real, Real quick. That guy, if he's got bitcoins and he's got access to computers. That's not another jailmate. That's probably it could be. guards.
3: No, he could be a jailmate and I was thinking that it's just has like those that's his money. Okay. That's his business. Like, where this is the stuff he's selling, but he's still that's like the ca- the outside, uh, the outside, okay, yeah, got it. And then they're like, yeah. they call them up and told. you know
2: they get them. access right. to that shit too. Like they have an illegal phone phones, or something yeah. in there, so they could talk to their boys on the outside.
1: No, our jail system is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you watch Orange Is the New Black, <laughs> <Yeah>. Jason? <laughs> 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 I just thought it was. I also thought
3: it was funny when Leon is like, fifty percent love you, fifty percent want to kill you, and fifty percent want to twist you up and I was like that's bad math yes. no, no. Too many <laughs>
2: you gotta love Leon now there's a scene in Mr. Price's office where he tells Angie he got a call from his lawyer and the contingency on their biggest lawsuit was miraculously dropped he knows it's her and she said well she knows he wanted it but just didn't know how to ask for it and he agrees that settling is cheaper than dealing with a legal expense after all So she asks why this was so important. She wants to know what this was all about and is he protecting a secret evil agenda? He says, don't we all have one of those? Angie responds that she's going to reveal hers. Terry said I could make changes from within if I took this job. I want my position moved to the risk management department, to a manager position. It's unclear at this point why she wants that. Price says she's squandering the capital she's earned on a lateral move, it doesn't seem to make sense, but it's what she wants, so he pretty much agrees to it. At this point in the scene, he's sitting down on a couch, and behind them is this painting. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think she sits on it later, too. It's this huge, I mean, they really put the focus on it, Uh, dark blue painting with these white sort of marks Mm -hmm. on it, And it's a little bit abstract. I couldn't find out exactly the details on what painting this is, if it's something famous. But what do you guys think about that?
1: Well, I think there's a few things that I think about this. Uh, Where do I start? Okay. So once they talk business and they're done, and then she, well, they're talking business and she says where she wants to be moved. Mm -hmm. That's when he says that's a lateral move. And then he goes and sits down. Mm -hmm. And then she goes and sits down with him. So put a pin in that. The painting, so now they're in front of the painting. Mm -hmm. The painting is a cityscape. Those white marks are either uh, their windows Mm -hmm. in those buildings or the other ones that are off of the buildings are the lights of, the street lights.
2: Yeah, looks like a city. Yeah, so
1: it's a cityscape with water that's closer to them. What you'll notice is another one of Sam Esmo's clever framing mm-hmm. of the picture is that from at this point of the conversation it starts to loosen up and it's more about his birthday, his emotions.
2: Yeah, a weirdly honest exchange mm-hmm. between the two of them. Yeah, right.
1: and I won't. I know you're about to go into that, so I won't go too deep into that. But what it acknowledges is that in it's this frame... Me. I'm a, <laughs> I'm bird. a bird. Achilles wants to chime in Achilles. on this. He's got thoughts He's got on the painting, say. okay? The bird. Sorry for the bird, guys. He's our <laughs> mascot. So what this acknowledges is that uh, with the framing, you see them on the bottom... 15% of mm. the frame, and then the huge cityscape. So it it opens them up. They're smaller mm-hmm. in this scene, right? So they're opening up, so they're, it's not as guarded, mm-hmm. and what's this big cityscape is um, taking over. So I think I'm losing what my thought is, but basically... It's yeah,
2: a, they're yeah, they're adrift. They're adrift on it. They're so small in comparison to it, and what I took away from it is you have this very vaguely city image behind them. It's really super abstract. So it's almost like the world they're living in now, but completely stripped. It's only the vaguest idea of what it used to be, Yes. um, which is exactly what's happening to their society right now. It's being completely washed over and rebuilt. And how do people like Angie and Mr. Price find their way um, as they're lost in adrift upon this sea of the new horizon, I suppose. Exactly,
3: yeah. I just noticed this because I'm watching along just here, but uh, I'll try to show you guys. Um, you see them down there, and Price gets up. And then uh, watch how it goes into the next scene, if we're talking about where they're on the bottom. Mm, yeah. And then in the next scene, they're the at the church, therapy. they're in the and they're church, the top. and they're on the very top. Yeah. yeah. So I just that thought that interesting. was interesting contrast.
1: It's a, Sam Espel a man.
2: Well, and the painting itself is actually oddly calming mm-hmm. and peaceful. And yet this moment they're sharing together is very tense and mm-hmm. bizarre. Um, he starts talking to her. He does tell her his birthday, his actual birthday, he says. And he never shares that with anybody. He gives the tabloids the wrong information. And he says, would you like to celebrate with me tonight? Mm-hmm. He has this look on his face like this hopeful, star-crossed little boy that he's so lonely and he wants to actually celebrate his real birthday with somebody and connect to somebody and he likes her and she just looks at him in that emotionless, completely blank face and just says no. Crazy. Crazy. And he doesn't even know how to respond. He looks so embarrassed and flustered and mm-hmm. can barely get out the words, well, maybe next year. Right. I'm just like depressed as he walks away. Yeah. I didn't understand if that was power shifting to her in the moment.
1: In the moment, maybe.
3: Yeah, I mean, they, they, he's, Sam has played with this dynamic between them kind of ever since they got, it, got yeah. started. Yeah. And uh, it always seemed like Angie was like putting it out there. A little towards the like, like just in her motives, like trying to be a little sexy around him or trying, yeah, the dinner definitely, Mm -hmm. and uh, looking for more of that. But uh, I guess that was when Price was more in control.
2: I think she got overconfident here. She got what she wanted with the transfer to risk management, and she thought she was in, and she got way too freaking cocky, like she doesn't need Price anymore, and Mm -hmm. she's got him wrapped around her finger. stupid. And now she can reveal herself. No, no, I'm good, actually. Thank you. And we'll see later. She's really screwed herself in thinking she's got control over the situation.
3: Yeah, I think that she misplayed even this. I think that she should have, I mean. Let him on. Yeah, kept it up.
2: Not made a date with him, but, you know, I'm busy tonight, mm-hmm. but let's let's think about it. Let's reschedule. You know, yeah. she, she they're just showing repeatedly that she's not as smart or as skilled or as slick as she thinks she is.
1: Right. Yes. And let's not forget that the last time he asked her out, quote unquote, asked her out, he had an agenda there. Right. So maybe in the back of her mind was... You know, wariness of, you know, what would be his agenda. Right.
2: Oh, he's taught her well. She thinks she's learning how to play this game. (laughs) Now we get a scene of this therapy group meeting, support group, whatever it actually is. They're engaging in a circle prayer. After it's over, Elliot goes to the group leader and apologizes for his former outburst. And the woman hugs him and tells him, the fear you have is a right one. It means you'll be forever vigilant. Elliot's clearly nervous that she has seen him talk to him, quote-unquote. But we quickly find out she thinks he's talking to God, and she tells him it's normal. We see for a moment a sign on a banner above them that reads, You are not alone. We are all different. We are all equal. And now Elliot starts talking out loud. He says, I need to finish what I've started with Evil Corp, but I don't know what to do. For a second, I actually thought he might be talking to God, And then we see Robot has come into the room. He tells Elliot, something inside you told you to start listening to me. You know, when and why did that first happen? You followed me off the subway. Then you led us to the hack. I didn't force you to do any of this. It was all your choice. I just followed your lead. Because the bottom line is people want to follow you. Why? Um... You know, you led the entire world into a revolution. You're a leader, whether Mm -hmm. you like it or not. And Elliot says he doesn't want to be one. But Robot says that's how he finishes this whole mess. He must lead them.
3: Do you think Robot's manipulating him at all in that?
2: No. I feel like they've gotten to a place where they are super honest with each other right now. Mm -hmm. I agree. And they're trying to find that balance. And this is another part of it that formerly Robot would be the one leading. That's his position. Mm-hmm. But he's trying to tell him that's been you all along. Whether mm-hmm. or not you feel you own that part of your personality, you're capable of doing it. And you've got to finish what you've started.
3: It brings me back to the scene with Darlene and Elliot in the past when they first put the, when he first puts the mask on mm-hmm. and has the uh, whole idea for this. At the time, I think we thought maybe Robot was speaking for Elliot. Then,
2: mm-hmm.
3: like, because he started taking his mannerisms a little bit. Right. I think it was uh, Elliot at the time. Okay. I think he was the one that came out with the original idea, so he was leading the way. Mister Robot definitely manipulated him into coming to F Society. Right. He put this whole breadcrumb trail in mm-hmm. the, you know, in his hack. Yes.
2: Yeah, so. I think you're right and I think that that split probably got gradually worse over time as he did engage in these actions that Elliot couldn't own up to. So, I definitely agree with that.
3: This is I was confused by this scene um because Elliot didn't have any scarring anymore.
4: Mm. And
3: I didn't pick up on this the first time I watched it, but Ro- but he says to Robot that it's been a few weeks since the whole Ray incident. I didn't really know that that much time had passed, but I felt like, what happened here? He's better now? And then
2: Yeah, and I it, thought
3: it was maybe a mistake somehow, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't understand it.
2: But. It seems like another one of those unnecessary scenes, too. I right. wondered what the point of it was. We've heard all of these messages before, um, perhaps just to reinforce the passage of time and those two coming together. Yeah, I don't know. I, didn't I think, I think
1: it's, it's again reinforcing that they're working together now. And instead of Mr. Robot just saying, I'll take over. I got this. He's trying to coach him mm-hmm. into it.
2: Yeah, I guess so. I just felt like we didn't need it. Go back over now to this new location, which is the risk management office in E Corp, where Angie will be now. We meet our new boss, which I don't think we learn his name uh, mm. in the show. The actor is Jeremy Bob in real life. Angie's being introduced and talking about what they're going to do there. He explains to her the job, and it's dedicated to helping the crisis response team. So they make recommendations to management to address the crisis. They assess the situation quickly, find answers, and try to limit the damage. He also talks about having access to this class action lawsuit case in the Flint over water contamination which I guess again puts us in the time frame. Mm -hmm. She asked about getting in on the server here, and really obviously. Mm -hmm. Quite clearly this is part of what she wants out of this position that she's moved to. The new boss also mentioned that he worked with Gideon on a few projects when he was a vendor, and I thought that surely must play in later. And finally she asked if she can sit in on the debriefing meeting. He mentions that there's protesters still outside, and we see the picture of men building sky, skyscrapers. Yeah, and that's in his office in the background, which and I thought was And he's looking another, out
3: the window of the skyscrapers.
2: Yeah, another interesting note to the reconstruction or rebuilding, perhaps. Hmm. But what does she want on this server?
3: Uh, She's looking for information about the Washington Township, the thing that her mother died from and why it's so important to Price and E-Corp to keep these other inspectors out of it. She told her father that she would internally make sure that it, you know, it still happened, but he kind of scoffs at her. She doesn't know who she is and Mm -hmm. she's like, I'm important there, but, Hmm. you know she really over she's really overestimating her ability here,
2: yeah, and she was like we said again, just being super obvious in this scene, it had to be so clear to this new boss what right. she was probing at. I mean, your first interaction with him
3: It was just uh-huh. sloppy, even from price, you know, this lateral movement. she's got to think she's up to something yes. with oh, it. He knew. so the radar's up, and she should know that
2: he knew definitely
3: I did like uh how you pointed out before that she's wearing white and black Mm -hmm. and in this scene she's wearing gray and I thought her blouse was really interesting because she's got this like tie that's like made into this shirt
2: yes yeah so I
3: thought that was really kind of a cool shirt and that's why I remembered that it was a a gray shirt so Mm -hmm. maybe this is talking to her that she's not totally evil yet she's still gray on it she's still trying to find this thing out about her mother yeah and try to work it from the inside still
2: or it's what she's portraying to people like she wanted to come off as more neutral here and non-threatening whereas with price she can be a little more black and white now Mm -hmm. yeah so then we go to the basketball court again Where we see Elliot talking, eventually this is going to move over to the alley scene. But at first, he's talking about how he was on a route to cure himself of Mr. Robot. And he never thought the regiment would be the thing that would lead him to where he started. This is where we see him burning his journal Mm -hmm. in Hot Carla's red wagon. (laughs) My goodness, the symbology there. So he walks down the street where he's attacked by the men. We saw earlier, and they pull him into an alley. They start punching him. This was actually really cool, because every time he got hit and his face turned, we see that it's Mr. Robot in that moment.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was really cool.
2: And the guys start to rip his pants from behind. Clearly, they're intending upon raping him in that moment. But someone pulls the guys off of Elliot. Blood starts flying everywhere, and we get a close-up where they come in on Leon in his hoodie, and the men just laying on the ground, bleeding. Mm -hmm. Um, It was really an interesting moment. He says, you're going to get a letter on Tuesday. Do what it says. You know, he leans over, he stabs the guy again, and then he says to Elliot, when you see White Rose, make sure you say, I did you good. I'll be rooting for you always.
1: This this scene was amazing. Yeah. Leon was the shit in this scene. And it kind of brings together like we were thinking the whole first couple episodes like we like this character but what what is why is there so much of him right what's his reasoning for being here and now we finally know he's so he works is is his friendship with elliot real or was it because white rose said to befriend him
2: and to keep an eye on I him, I think yeah. it's
3: Dark Army mission basically that he's got a he's supposed to keep an eye on him, look yeah. out for him, which he does just there. He yeah. protects his ass, literally he shivs them, yeah, <laughs>
1: shives a dude in the asshole. It's amazing.
3: I just thought, it, yeah, well, what uh, are you because
2: ultimately, I think White Rose still needs him for the plan, so yeah. he has instructed the Dark Army to send somebody to make sure nothing happens to him, um, so he can make continued use of him. Although, I think Leon, is a person does genuinely like Elliot and Mm -hmm. has grown to over time, and that's why he says I'll be rooting for Mm -hmm. you in the end.
4: Oh, definitely.
3: I I read an article. uh, I read a bunch of articles about it today after the episode came out. They were talking about how it was uh, ultra-violent and that the rape scene was kind of unnecessary. They didn't need to go that far. But I really think that the rape scene was just a, like, in case you haven't gotten it yet, He's in prison. Yeah.
2: You yeah. Know? Oh, sure. The so. bunch of guys coming up to him, the whole way they film that. Definitely.
1: Right. I, these PC police can go fuck themselves. <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> what kind of world we're in now where like everything is a Nothing problem. Nothing is right. acceptable.
2: Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, it's a fictional show. Right. Yeah. We are not actually commenting on the reality of rape in real life, which if you were, this happens in prison settings. Yes. Right. So, you know, if you don't like that, then don't watch these kind of shows. I just, I don't have a lot of
3: Well, this show wasn't about that until just then. But. It wasn't yeah, but about still, rape, it's about, but it's been yeah. about
2: very controversial, current, oh, yeah. relevant topics the entire time. And looking at very difficult issues like extreme substance abuse and mental health and, you know. Yeah.
3: Sexuality in the first season. And yeah. I know people that stopped watching it after the Tyrells incident. They were too...
2: You had all the stuff with Tyrell yeah. and Joanna, yeah. you know?
3: No, not the Tyrell and Joanna,
1: him being with that guy.
2: Oh, yeah? Really?
1: Yeah. You know these people? Are they friends? Because mm. you should probably kill Yeah. Tyrell killing that Maybe. woman yeah. no. while sleeping with
2: her? I mean, you know, there's been a lot. It's not like this is something crazy out yeah. of the blue.
1: And I don't know if you already mentioned it. When Elliot was getting punched... It kept changing to Mr. Robot. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. it was really cool. So he was protecting him. I like that. He's still protecting. I, I awesome. love this camaraderie because yeah. I was tar- I was starting to get tired. Tired is not the right word because I love this show, but I wanted there to be some kind of change between their relationship, and we saw it fall to pieces. So we saw it from the beginning where they're separate, complete mm-hmm. separate entities, and Mr. Robot's creating this F Society. Elliot's doing his own renegade. Like I will protect the world thing yeah with the uh, the restaurant and then mr robot brings him into his life and then they have an all-out clash mm-hmm. and this whole beginning of the season was them hating each other fighting each other shooting right. mr. Robot shooting him in the head and now we finally get this where they're they're together and they're working together and mr robot is protecting him like a father would right I love this. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and even symbolically, he goes as far as burning the journal now because the whole reason for keeping that was to institute this regiment, which would keep Mr. Robot at bay and him in control. Yeah. And he's willing to give that up now.
1: So Leon's saying you're going to get a letter on Tuesday. Do what it says. That means that they've been communicating with Leon. So it says something. It says a lot, actually, the fact that the Dark Army and White Rose are watching elliot still but they know enough not to speak to elliot because he's not mentally there mm-hmm. or something so they have someone there watching him and and they're in communicado it's like they they knew what's going on they must know that Leanne's gonna have to kill they know everything basically and i th- it just it says a lot yeah but mm-hmm. what is
2: elliot gonna have to do that's the question that seems, is a good question. Do what it yeah. says. Do what the letter says. But and it seems like
1: it's... Well, we'll see in the next scene. I don't think Leon knows. I know what you're thinking. Right. I, I don't think Leon knows what it's going to say. Right. So the fact that he's like, do what it says, Right. doesn't mean that it's not bad. Because yeah. you would think like the inflection, like, do what it says, would right. mean it's bad. Do what it says, not that bad.
2: They, they just told them to pass along yeah. the message. He, exactly. he doesn't know all that. But, but
3: I like that Leon is still... He, they actually did form a friendship, even yeah. though they were yeah. there, because he's so. like, I'm going to be rooting for you always. cuz. So I just thought it was nice that, that even though he was assigned to this, they still he still thinks of him you yeah. know, in a good way.
2: Well, Mr. Robot tells him that he's meant to be a leader. He right. has these capabilities inside of him that he just doesn't realize. And we haven't really seen him form a solid, genuine friendship from start to finish. He's been so weird in his interactions with other people. So that was another big step in his progression, I felt.
1: Yeah. Oh, I just had a thought. So we're, we know we're in a jail. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't even got to that, but we got to keep bringing it up. The, the woman with the w- red wagon?
2: Hot That's Carla. a woman. That's a woman. Yeah, Hot Carla.
1: In jail. Right. Wouldn't it be just a man's jail? Maybe he's a... She tra- might not be tra- real. Hmm. Or it's a trans...
2: Because nobody seems to be paying her any mind except Elliot.
1: True that. Okay.
2: We have two more scenes left in this episode. The first is at the meeting where the risk management team is starting without Susan at the meeting. They talk about the independent loan companies they're serving and that they are anticipating multiple lawsuits. But, you know, this guy's not worried they will settle on them. This is where Angie offers to put together a summary briefing of how they've handled past cases so they will know how to handle this. To which she receives a lot of uncomfortable silence and looks. And he says there's not much that they can do today and basically just adjourns the meeting. He then tells her, I know who you are. You did what you did to get a job, get transferred, and I don't care. This is all a favored price. When I asked him how I should deal with you, he said, however you want.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't like this scene. One, because th- this whole season, I haven't really dug her storyline. and <laughs> You
3: just don't know where she's going.
1: That's part of it, half of it. And the other half is she makes dumb mistakes. Like, yeah. this is your first time in this meeting, this is your first day there, and you're going to chime in like, right. blah, 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 blah. Give me access. I've got this great idea.
2: Yeah. Wildly obvious yeah. how stupid this is. And this is another one of those things, like when she was trying to do the uh, part in the hacking job that uh, just, I just don't understand. They have painted her to be relatively intelligent. Why she's acting so dumb and yeah. ridiculous? I it's don't know. It's a little over it. the top for it me. It really
3: is. It just pulled me out of it I I just didn't think she would be this stupid
1: <laughs> yeah I agree
2: and so everybody's on to her this is clearly going to blow up all over the place as far as her own plans for what she's going to do on the inside of E Corp but will that extend to her interactions and her part in F Society's plan and is she going to blow up everything for them as well
3: mm, it's possible <sighs>
1: I really hope not she
3: really doms this scene <laughs> though <laughs> Yeah, that's true.
1: (laughs) When she was in China, you mean? Yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) I like, if you watch the opening previously on Mr. Robot, Mm -hmm. they set this whole scene up with a callback to Terry Colby. Because they they talk about him eating shrimp cocktail and drinking. And that's when he decided to kill her mother. Mm -hmm. She says that to him. And now she's in E-Corp sitting at a big table. And then she's being fed shrimp cocktail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the the parody of it is you're becoming just like this, I guess. Yeah. Or you don't know what the decisions that you're making at the time, how they're going to affect the future, in a sense.
2: Well, and how none of these were really her decisions. She's been played for a fool this entire time. None of this was her plan. She didn't get inside E Corp to change it from the inside out. They were using her for what they've been wanting to use her for, and she's not going to get anywhere with this. Yeah. yeah. That's the sad truth behind it.
3: You think that Terry told Price about the shrimp thing, and then he's like, this will be really great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to get her with this,
2: man. Um, yeah, I just wonder if it's representative of something similar happening to F Society, and do they think they're so big and great and doing all these things, and they're just being manipulated by mm. the Dark Army and White Rose? Um, So it's all kind of pointless. I hope that's not the message behind this (laughs) entire show. Maybe they just need Elliot to come back. Okay, our last scene appears to beginning Krista's office where she says she has good news for Elliot. Um, He's not sure if he's happy about it. You don't really know what they're talking about. She has a piece of paper in her hand, but we don't know what it says. Elliot says, for the first time, we trust each other. I help him. He helps me. Since I've been at my mom's, I've wanted to get rid of him. But you are right. You can't destroy a part of yourself, referencing Mr. Robot, to which she looks very uncomfortable. And she asks him, do you know where you are right now? Um, you know you haven't been staying with your mother, right? And he says He knows. Here comes the big moment. They're sitting at the table. We see the red light flash above them, and it changes Mm -hmm. the environment around him, and we are, in fact, shown that this is a visiting room inside of a prison. And she says, when you get released, I hope you continue seeing me in my office. It's important to maintain a regular schedule.
1: Okay, so this was the reveal that uh, a lot of us saw coming. Mm -hmm. We Mm. thought he was probably in... Mental a ward. mental ward, but it was a prison, so we, we were We did closed. mention
2: prison as yes. one of the possibility, possibilities, but we started leaning more towards a psychiatric facility or a halfway house mm-hmm. over the past uh, couple of episodes, but yeah. we definitely thought about this, especially when it came to the basketball court and scenes like that.
1: Yes, that's right. So, was it anticlimactic for you guys, or no? Um...
3: Yeah, I mean, we knew something, oh, it was climactic leading up to it, like, oh, are they going to do it here? Yes. Oh, and then they did it. Oh, okay, great. Oh, finally.
2: I loved it because I loved it being justified. Yes. Um, that everything you saw, all those little breadcrumbs mm-hmm. did, in fact, lead to this conclusion that you thought, and I do love the montage and the way it's being presented to us after this. Yeah. Um. Elliot says control can sometimes be an illusion, but sometimes you need illusion in order to gain control. And fantasy is an easy way to get through the world, to cloak our harsh reality. Isn't that why we surround ourselves with so many screens so we can avoid seeing, avoid each other, Mm -hmm. avoid the truth? And throughout this, we get to see that big reveal that the diner turns into the prison cafeteria, the AA meeting turns into this group support, He's being jostled in the hallways as he tries to get to his prison cell instead of the room in his mom's house. And the officer closes the door instead of his mother, where he's left with this bare cell and his little table.
1: So when we initially get the reveal with this therapist, that painting, that Van Gogh painting that we spoke about, is actually there. It's a lot bigger than in his mind, which was an actual painting in a frame. Well, it's, it's like the a wall. mural, right? On yeah, the wall. exactly. For
2: recreation, maybe some kind of patient uh, prisoner artwork rather. Yeah.
1: I still don't understand why the birds are white instead of right. black like Van Gogh's, but it doesn't matter. It's still cool because it pieces it together. And uh, the question I asked you guys, I didn't ask you that. I wanted to get your, your view. I don't think it was anticlimactic. I thought it was perfect. Sometimes us knowing mm-hmm. and seeing how it unfolds is fine. And but I think Sam knew that we would know that, because we'd be on guard for everything after last for the season. First season.
2: Yeah, I don't but, me- think he meant for it to be a secret. Right. I think he yeah. wanted us to I notice agree. all those smart things he was putting in that led up to this conclusion. Right, but, that's but, but also happened in
3: the first season, too, like people knew that that was a part of I'm Elliot. Sure Maybe we, right. didn't, we didn't know that it was his father yeah. until a little later, but we knew that Early on, that they were, it was very fight club esque, and that they were going to be, he was one and the same person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So well, I think
1: the the reason why he does that is he has this big facade that we do figure out and we keep trying to reinforce it every episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we're right. Oh, maybe we're not right. Yeah, I think we're right because he can sneak in these other things that we don't even know is coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Darlene. Yeah.
2: Right. It keeps you invested in trying to figure out what are the next clues and are you right? And waiting for that moment. And, you know, it's not going to be a surprise necessarily when it happens, but it's the suspense of, Mm -hmm. you know, this thing is building. Um, and, I thought this was really great that we learn how things work in Elliot's mind by seeing this reveal is true. So in these scenes that he's been with Krista, he imagines this is a safe place. You know, it's comfortable. It's in her office. He can talk to her. He can mm-hmm. trust her on some level. Yeah. Um, the prison cell is his little piece of something that's his, his mm-hmm. little room in some way. And it seems like he has... Uh, perhaps a weird complicated relationship with the guard that he sees as his mother which is another topic for well, another day maybe
1: now because they don't talk but
2: well she right. says something kind of pleasant to him when she closes the door and she's been the, the one kind of instituting the structure for him mm-hmm. comes in and locks his cell door and we know that that's how he was projecting onto his mother being in the scene um, even though he has shown us through his memories that perhaps she was very abusive so i still kind of can't come to terms with what his mom was actually like in the past yeah, yeah. But
1: and there's a there's a <laughs> few other things uh essentially he wasn't hiding it from himself it wasn't a delusion a delusion no. in himself he was hiding it from us because he starts this season with you know you you didn't tell me how could you not yeah. tell me i can't trust you and he ends the season with a quote that we'll get to in a second but Oh, also, we need to touch upon the fact that he's getting let out. Yeah. So, okay, now we know he's definitely in jail. But what got him in jail? Well, it's definitely not the E-Corp hack because he'd be in jail forever and he'd be getting questioned. Um, It's something that...
2: We kind of know about this already, because he talked to Krista about it last time, the fact that he wound up in mandated therapy with her, court-mandated therapy, for what he did at his previous job, where he destroyed all the servers in the room. Mm-hmm. All right. And so if that incident led him to wind up at... Court mandated therapy, it probably wound up leading to his imprisonment, too, right?
3: You think this is all because of that one incident?
2: Yeah, well, I think it's got to be linked if she's still seeing him here.
3: Ryan's
1: got mm-hmm. a good theory.
3: Oh, yeah, I was saying thinking, but that makes a lot of sense, too, uh, was that the thing with Michael where he hacked into his account, the guy Krista was seeing, if he wanted some revenge or could prove it in some way, hmm. he could go. Because they said they were saying that it was Elliot's choice to be there like what you're doing here darlene is asking him and mr robot's the same way
4: mm-hmm.
3: like uh, the, like why are we here
4: mm-hmm. and
3: i feel like that they're saying that it's elliot's fault that he's there so maybe elliot gave this guy some something to get him into jail it's although what i was thinking were about for this theory is that five weeks I just don't think is enough time to mm-hmm. get someone through the legal process to get them into prison? Mm-hmm. So if this is something that had been outstanding building this up, whole time so and building up. he was up, meeting
2: with her and perhaps. Then it makes more sense. Perhaps he volunteered information to her which helped facilitate right. in getting him put there and thus kind of he was responsible for it.
1: Right. So he's getting let out early now.
2: But, yeah, I don't think we know exactly how long he's been in there or exactly when he'll be released, but it seems soon.
1: And I think it's because of exposing Ray's illegal activities he was granted early.
3: Yeah? You don't think White Rose had anything to do with it?
1: Maybe. Mm. Maybe. You might be right. You might be
2: right. I think you could be right about the Ray things got to play into it somehow. Um, We didn't see what was actually happening there. We weren't privy to that in this episode. Um, but I think we'll be shown that eventually.
3: But, uh, I mean, that could have shown White Rose that Elliot was ready
1: to get out. Oh, maybe.
2: Well, Elliot does talk to us at this point. He says, please don't be mad too long. This will be the last time I keep things from you, I promise. All this really happened. This was just my way of coping with it. I'd like if we could trust each other. Again, let's shake, shake on, on it. it.
1: And again, remember... He was talking about the shake being the client connecting with the server. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and this makes me wonder yet again about our role in this when he talks to us. Because he says it was his way of coping with it. So he did create that illusion, not delusion. He knew it wasn't real. Right. But he did create it f- partially for his own well-being so that he could deal with things. And yet He's also been keeping things from us, perhaps that reality, perhaps in addition to other things that he hasn't told us yet. Um, And he wants to trust us again. So why, you know, why was he keeping that stuff from us? What is the trust issue? Who are we?
1: Well, maybe. Yeah, that's a good question. And him learning to trust Robot might Mm -hmm. be him also learning to trust us.
2: It seems to be happening in tandem. Yeah, right.
1: And we saw that, so for him to feel better about things, he made this illusion. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Robot knows that that's his coping me- mechanism, and that's why last episode he made that illusion of the 90s.
2: Yeah, his show. gift to him.
1: All right, so let's, let's, I mean, there's so much. Let's move on to our bot rating.
2: Yeah, just to refresh you, IMDb gave this episode a 9.7, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 100. So, you know, that changes if you look back to the Rotten Tomatoes now for the last episode, episode six, Master Slave. It also started at a 100 and is now at a 94 as more people rate. Mm-hmm. But right off the bat, that was the past four episodes, including this one, that I got 100% from Rotten Tomatoes and a 9.7 or a 9.8 from IMDb.
1: People love it. Yep. At least the
3: reviewers or whoever's rating these things. Yeah.
2: I'm going to give it a 9.4. So I was at a 9.2 the last episode for Master Slave. I went just slightly up for this one. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: One of the quotes on the critical consensus said, the final moments of Handshake make a significant reveal, yet it's the carefully drawn characters and their allegorical relations that continue to be the most constant, important thing in this show. So I loved that about it. I loved... The peak behind our characters and their motivations, finding out about Ray, I loved the actual reveal of getting to finally see where we're at with Elliot. Um, some of the progression. I was not wild about some of the Angie things, but overall it's been one of my more favorite episodes of the season.
1: So last episode I gave a 9.8. This one I'm giving a 9.4. I still love this show. I think the nine point eight last episode is because of the emotional response I had Mm. Mm. of like remembering being a kid. But this this show was amazing. I I love this episode. Um, You know, from everything we've already spoken about, getting the reveal, um, again seeing the progression with Elliot and Mister Robot's relationship. I didn't like Angie's Mm storyline. I I just don't know what to do with it yet. But I, I loved it.
2: So similar feelings. Yeah. yeah. How did yeah. you feel, Ryan?
3: I liked it too, but I didn't get that sense last time where I just needed more. You know, it ended and I was like, well, it ended. But it wasn't like, oh, I need I need a little bit more like I got last episode. So I'll give it a 9.3. I think I gave it a 9.5. So 9.3, Leon's is Michonne.
1: <laughs> nice. <So. laughs>
2: Interesting that you guys were, like, super high on the last episode and a little bit down for this one. Yeah. Whereas—
1: You liked
3: it
2: better. uh, I went just a little bit up from the last one because I did love that dream sequence that we got in the last one, but I didn't love everything else. Mm. And so overall, that—you know, I was at a 9.2. It was still really good. Yeah. But for episodes five and this seven were my highest of the season at a 9.4. And we got a little bit of a preview for our upcoming episode. Episode eight will be entitled Successor. We saw that F Society will be dealing with this secret surveillance program on them. They can't stay where they're at. The FBI is after them. And Darlene is complaining to her boyfriend that she did this all for them, the group, and doesn't believe this is happening and then yells at the group to just keep it together looks like things are falling apart much the way we predicted they would.
1: It's only going to get better and better from here. Hmm. Uh, Let me just go over some notes. This is the fun part of the podcast, so don't stop listening (laughs) because now we can get into the the nitty-gritty of
4: things.
1: (laughs) Some good news, Mr. Robot earned six Emmy nominations. If you go to mrrobot.com, you can see Sam Esmail and and Rami Malek's, you know, their uh, response to that and how cool... Uh, it feels for them. Have mm. you guys noticed the last few season, uh, last few episodes, some of the commercials are the Hewlett Packard commercials about security. No. Well, yeah,
2: kind of. Um, yeah.
1: I think it's genius the way they do it because they're setting it up in the same environment that we're already in, the yeah. same headspace. They have the graphics that look not similar to uh, Mr. Robot, but you know, it's got the whole like uh, you're at risk. Of mm. hacking, we have the people that I can I protect you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, and it's—I uh, don't know. It's just—I just wanted to bring that up because it's smart for Hewlett-Packard to jump on that. You don't thing. think they yeah. look like
3: E-Corp with that, and that they're an evil corporation that <laughs> we should revolt against and hack into <laughs> and destroy?
1: I think they're trying. They're not trying to go for that, at least. <laughs> uh, speaking of commercials, we saw a Mr. Robot series book. Yeah. Uh, 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 the Mr. Robot series first book, at least. And I, I did some digging, and I found out what that was. Basically, it's called Mr. Robot Red Wheelbarrel. Essentially, Elliot's journal, and it even looks like the journal. It's got the red wheelbarrow wording on it, which we saw before everyone else did mm-hmm. in like episode one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the first tie-in book for the Hacker series, previously announced at San Diego Comic-Con. The book, which hits shelves on November 1st, from Abrams Books is a version of Elliot An- Anderson's personal journal that viewers can take home to scour the clues about Season 2 and the story's future. Written by series creator Sam Esmell and series writer Courtney Looney, Red Wheelbarrow will contain seven removable artifacts described as ripped-out page, newspaper clipping, mysterious envelope, and more that will provide some insight into Elliot's very fractured psyche. Chris, I think th- you, this would be perfect. We should definitely pick up this book because you can hear his psyche and maybe uh, with your background you can uh, kind of rip into what his thoughts are and what the meanings would be as his therapist. Uh, a couple other things. An update on what I was talking about last podcast, uh, the the Telltale Mr. Robot game, uh, Mr. Robot 1.2. Five one exfiltration published by telltale games but was developed by night school studio so for three dollars you will actually play exfiltration over the course of a week the game will mimic an e-corp messaging app and the story will play in real time as, as the f society members text you and work with you in an attempt to hack evil corp so the game seems like it should take place immediately after the sixth episode of the first season so you know how Telltale have you played any Telltale games? No.
3: Is it did they do a Walking Dead? Yep. Okay, so it's like a choose your adventure
1: mm-hmm. story ish. Y- you're reading and you can choose which you know, uh say this, yeah. Say it angrily, say it kindly.
3: I so, heard really great things about the Walking Dead game. Yeah, it was fun. getting a lot of amazing. reviews, but I played I don't know, I played through it and it just wasn't my style. Like
1: it's a different kind of tone. Yeah in a different
3: it uh, wasn't as interactive as I guess I thought it was going to be yeah
1: more story based so this one instead of visuals you're you're like
3: you're ha- you're just re- replying to something. i, I yeah. played this game a, a little bit I'm very early stages and it's just uh, you pick up a phone and you're uh, then you start getting text messages from it and you start re- you get three responses to the text messages and yeah then and you, you get also get other app updates and things like that uh, from different. Uh, stuff, other emails, and things like that.
1: It seems pretty cool. If anyone plays it, let me know, let us know what you think about it.
3: I don't really know where else they could have gone with the Mo- Mr. Robot game. Yeah, you this know? was perfect. Yeah.
1: It's kind of fun. It makes you part of the team. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to our Clatchers comments section. One thing I wanted to do right away was. Thank you guys again for listening. Uh, we are on the top of the charts. We are ranked number 45 right now for TV and film.
3: Yay. We're still trying to get that number one spot. No. Yeah,
1: well, I don't know if that's <laughs> going to happen, but this is out of thousands of podcasts, so this is, this, this is a big deal for us, guys, and it's because of you for listening and for rating and reviewing us on the iTunes podcast, so please continue to do that. Thank you. Uh, we have two questions that go out to you guys. We've already asked them, but I'm just going to reiterate them. Question number one is Ray still a bad person to you? So with everything we've gone over and with the, you seeing this episode, is he still a bad person in your mind? And if so, why? And is it just kind of like, now he's still a bad person, but you kind of understand where he's coming from? Let us know. You can uh, contact us at contact at com, or tweet us at CKCPodcast. And the second question we have for you is, With now seeing what the hack has done to the American people, how everyone's life has been impacted, uh, you know, everything from the trash no longer being picked up to money, food, all that stuff. Can you actually say to yourself F Society is the good guy or can you say that they're actually kind of the bad guy in this? Give us your reasons why and we'll go over it uh, next episode. All right, so let's go through what you guys did uh, speak to us. We've already gone through some of them. Alice, thank you for contacting us and giving us your opinions. We have a Reddit theory here. Chris, you might hate this. It's from Melbourne Matt. Uh, He states, I've got a crazy theory about Darlene. I've been thinking this all season, but I'm convinced Darlene is Elliot cross-dressing and therefore the same person. It explains a lot of Angela's relationship with Darlene and Elliot. We already know Elliot has multiple personalities, and he keeps Mr. Robot and Darlene as separate as possible. I need to speak to him. Quote, that's what they said. The mm-hmm. fact that Darlene visits Elliot this season on Halloween was an interesting exchange. Quote, that used to be our thing. Unquote. Also, China, China's minister of state security referred to having a sister to explain his cross-dressing, even though it was quickly revealed he doesn't really have one.
2: I'm sorry. I think that's cockamamie because <laughs> it just, I mean, everybody's going to be Elliot, right? That's, that's, there's so many theories out there that it's just going to be Elliot talking to himself the entire time yeah. to everyone. Like, you know, just like we said with,
3: it could be, he could do a, I don't know. I forget which one it was a dynasty or it's a whole dream sequence. Maybe he is just himself playing this whole thing out in his mind.
2: There's got to be some people, and I, I feel like that. the scenes where we cut away from Elliot and yeah. go to other characters are mm-hmm. pretty reliable ones that we can assume these people exist in reality separate.
3: I agree. We have to trust that narrative. Yeah.
2: Otherwise, you can't trust anything in the show. Right. I mean, he can't do that. He needs some point of reference for this. Elliot's locked in prison while Darlene is continuing to run of society. Right. There's right. no way that that's I agree. happening
3: i mean we got that question before this episode came out which i think this pretty much solidifies that that can't be true but there were other things coming up like especially the cisco darlene thing would have been interesting to to see and then um but i guess it could have been true
1: quick shout out to wood chip maple for giving us a kick-ass review on our mr robot channel all this really helps us and it Actually, we put so much work into this. It actually makes us feel better and and more motivated to continue to do this, especially with this show ending. We'll be going on a new adventure with some new show that you guys do end up choosing. And we ask that you continue to rate and review us and give us your comments and tell your friends about us and about the show and just keep it going. Thank you for listening this week.
2: We look forward to our next episode review. Next week, episode eight, Successor.
1: Till next week, this round's on me. This round is on me.
0: So we can avoid seeing. So we can avoid each other.
1: I don't think I'm ready to
0: talk about it just yet. So we can avoid truth. I'm sorry for not telling you everything. But I needed this in order to get better. Please don't be mad too long, this will be the last time I keep things from you, I promise. and this was just my way of coping with it but now i'd like it if we could trust each other again let's shake on it